you know, that's what we really need to resist is all of the media mind control that is out there. And Welcome to episode number 79 of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast for Friday, July 24th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where a statue of Columbus no longer stands in the park, but an incompetent, do-nothing, piece-of-garbage mayor who gives not one shit about black lives still rules over the carnage. Now, tell us how you feel, Darren. (laughs) From America's left coast, where... The, the masks that we wear are as useful as the governors that mandate them. I'm phone boy. Phone boy. Oh, well, see, this is kind of like Ben Rose because you're left coast and you love Jay Inslee and you have a tech background. So, I mean, you maybe when we're going along this search for a new co-host, I mean, you might be the closest to Ben Rose, but just bringing the insanity level down and the knowledge level up. Possibly. Uh, he's probably more knowledgeable about some things than I am, and I'm probably more knowledgeable about some things than he is. I'm probably a little less ranty, though. I will say that. But uh, uh, but yes, I, we, yes, we both love Jay Inslee to uh, to to pieces. And we know you have a slightly different take on marketing. So it's going to be interesting. And I want to get some of that information as well, because we had you on and I looked this up. Episode number 17, you came on when we were still doing those big evergreen type episodes that ryan calls them with we take one topic and that's all we talk about for the whole show it was episode 17 and it was one year ago tomorrow i believe because the audio files were july 25th so it's one year ago we had john and that's that's amazing and the world's Um, changed i'll mention i'll mention another uh numerological fact so this is episode 79 right yes well uh seven nine is my birthday so um so which was two, okay so that was two weeks ago so there you go uh yeah i guess i guess it, I, I know i had been on i didn't realize it had been almost a year so uh so there you go yeah there's there's uh there's lots of uh, coincidences i think not you're older and wiser now uh well i hope so <laughs> <laughs> but the the world is still melting down i mean that the big story out of chicago was the statue of columbus they were protecting of course because the protesters wanted to tear it down the mayor decided to just go in and remove the statue, which I don't know. Does that make the protesters happy? I think they like tearing the stuff down. So, I mean, this maybe took some of their fun away from them, but I don't like the the concept of giving in what radical, violent protesters want to go in and do their job for them. It just doesn't make sense. Well, that, yeah, it just it's it, there. There seems to be just wanting to destroy a lot of things. If you, you just just it seems, I you know, I, I, it's like I'm trying to figure out what's the motivation for going out and uh, you know, and, and doing all of this stuff. And and yeah, I, I've actually been reading uh, Professor Ted's uh, seminal work uh, very slowly, mind you, because uh, he 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 packs a whole lot of information in there in a very very uh, short amount of space. And uh, you know, it, it's. You know, I think I, I think I noticed something yesterday where, yeah, you know, the, the kids, the kids these days didn't have to fight for a whole lot. And and now we're giving them something to fight for. And so that that's why they're all in on it. Uh, you know, some of us some of us had to struggle gr- growing up. And, you know, and I mean, I, I, I you know, I say that, uh, you know, I grew up the uh, the the, uh, the the child of drunk stoned hippies who were poor. So um, 
so I've, so I've, uh, you know, I had something to struggle for, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, so that I think there, there's something to that, I think. And it's, it's, you know, so you were, we're giving them something violent to, uh, to do. And, 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 uh, people, I think people are very aware that, you know, the, the, you know, the thugs in charge are, are very aware of this and it seems like that that's, uh, there, there, there's, there's something that's, uh, causing things to be, you know, they're, they're, they're it's, uh, you know, directing this, uh, this energy at, well, destroying things that we hold near and dear. Right. Well, it's very divisive it's the word that i keep coming back to is that it's very divisive and everything going on and had that has been going on for a few years now you know beyond trump it's not just the trump presidency that came in and set this thing off if you go back to george bush you'll notice that the left has a very clear way of portraying the presidents that get elected with the R next to their name and they get a little bit confused because usually they start with, as they did with Bush, he's an incompetent idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. And that's the same thing they did with Trump. He's an incompetent idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. In the case of Bush, he handled things pretty well after nine 11 and the Democrats, the left saw that the country was rallying behind him. So then all of a sudden he became an evil mastermind. It was very interesting. The same thing is happening with Trump because he was an idiot when he got elected and he was going to screw everything up. And remember, Barack Obama said, I don't know how he's going to make the economy work. Does he have a magic wand? And before COVID hit, the economy went so far up that Trump, I don't think there was any doubt if COVID doesn't hit, he's going to walk into reelection without a problem. But the same thing happened with Trump was he was an idiot when he came in. And all of a sudden, he's an evil genius that's colluding with people like the Russians. And uh, it's interesting to see how quick their marketing tactics change. And it is all in the name of dividing people, because you'll notice we saw it with the MAGA hats. If somebody was wearing a MAGA hat, they're attacked. There's no there's no room to have somebody believing what the other side believes. And I think this is something, and you can tell me if you see the same thing over there on the left coast, but people that are on the right and a little bit more conservative seem, and it may just be because I kind of see myself more on that side, but those people seem way more rational that will listen to the other side's point of view rather than vice versa. Or am I getting that totally wrong? Do you think? Uh, I, part of it, I think is perception, but, but I, as somebody who sees himself in the middle, um, yeah, I think and, and I think right now the the left just seems unhinged and there's no way and there's there's people on the right that are unhinged too. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. Uh it's uh but uh but yeah, the, it's you know, and I also so with with all of the you know with with the fact that I'm not traveling and not doing the things that I normally do lately and can't even I I fact I actually injured myself last week so I'm not even going out for long runs at the moment. I'm just kind of walking. Uh but the uh but uh, so I've also but so I've had time to uh do some things like read 1984 another you know another <laughs> uh, seminal work. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm reading all I'm reading all, all the books that say pe- that uh, pe- that people say are uh, that are that we're living right now. It's like, oh, OK, that sounds like a, it sounds like a good time to read those books and then actually see what's going on. And and with 1984, and you can kind of again, I think you can kind of see this with the way that the media is, uh, you know, the, is controlling the narrative and and changing the narrative to suit whatever needs they do. And you can see this in 1984. There's there was a, there was a, there was a scene in the book where, um, you know, they're they're um, you know they're doing a you know a hate you know one of their hate rallies or whatever, and and you know, they, they talk about one 
you know, one nation state being the enemy. And then without skipping a beat, the in, in middle of the speech, they changed to the other, you know, the, the other large nation to say that they're the enemy now. And, no, you know, and they, and they had to go, you know, and, and they went, you know, they went and just like changed all of the all of the stories and everything that was in print or whatever to to say that, yeah, we've always been at war with uh, Eurasia or East Asia or whichever right. one it was. I can't remember. But um, and it's all about controlling the message. And so, yeah, they they changed the facts to suit their narrative, whatever that happens to be. And, and you know, and, and what I don't see in the media very much anymore is an objective look to go. Yeah. Is this really what's happening? And it's by the way, it's not just polit- politics. It's happening in, um, you know, and lots of other you know, you know things like health and diet and all this other stuff, too. It's it's like they're cha- there's a there's a continual molding of the facts to be able to try and uh, support a specific narrative. And, you know, and if you if you look. You know, at the, at the at the facts on the other side, there you, there might be a way to support the narrative on the other side too. So you know, and which set of facts is more compelling? Well, you know, we, we don't even talk about those other facts because they you know they don't support the narrative. And and by George, you don't want people thinking something different than we're telling them to think. Uh, right. So, and yeah. and the culture, everything in the culture is open to this kind of uh, changing of the facts as we go on, and that's why as a kid, and I grew up, you know, in the seventies and eighties. A lot of this stuff seemed really far fetched because we had different ways of documenting things. I mean, we had, you know, physical newspapers, which were nice, and we had books, you know, the actual physical books. I don't know if you're reading this uh, 1984 out of a real, you know, live paper book, you know, something physical, or reading it on a device like a Kindle, because the intriguing thing comes with everything living in a digital world. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We saw the big thing that happened years ago with Amazon and 1984, where they didn't have the rights to it or something. So even though people already had it on their Kindles, they pulled them back. But the reality is on one of these e-reading devices, you can have a book like 1984 that without your knowledge is updated in the background. So one day you're apt to, you know, just think of that. Think of your mind blown there. Your textbooks one day could say George Washington was the first president of the United States. Well, there's somebody else takes over. Boom. They flip a switch. And now Barack Obama was the first president of the United States from here on out. How do you not you know? How do you stop something like that from happening? Once we have this, this concept of everything's digital and everything can be changed. Even we look at things like the Internet Archive and you're seeing things now where the internet archive is even either wiped or adjusted and it's like that is really scary stuff to me yeah and i think i think uh this headlong uh, rush to digitize all of the things is probably bad right because it's a lot it, it's not impossible to doctor physical uh, physical goods and physical evidence but it's a lot easier to do it when it's digital and and to answer your question about am I reading it on a on a you know on a on a digital device? Yes, but I didn't get it from one of the large uh, you know the large retailers. Uh, you know uh, uh, the you know George Orwell's works are out of copyright at least in some countries, and so uh, right. <clears throat> it's easy enough to actually acquire the the stuff without without having to look too hard. Uh, so and that's and yeah, that is something that you, it, it's it's uh, it's a lot harder to uh, you know to, to yeah to, to change physical evidence and and there's a lot of that in 1984 because it was written in 1948 where there really wasn't any digital evidence to speak of right it was all you know everything was still uh, uh, you know physical back then even though they were portraying 1984 and the real 1984 had uh, you know had, had shared digital evidence but yeah and I think there's a it, it's uh, you know we're getting and and I think 
digital evidence is a lot easier to fake and to play with. And, and it's, uh, you know, and that's and yeah, I, I think we're getting to a point where it's hard to know what to believe. And because we can we can we can uh, manipulate the fact you know, the you know, what happened in, in such a way that uh, it uh, th- that, yeah, it causes people to think something different. And it's, uh, it, you know, I think I think uh, remember, so, I remember something about um, what they call the great facts. Right. So there are certain things that it's that it's hard to lie about. Right. That it, It's it's like somebody died. Right. There, there's really you really can't argue about why somebody died. Or you can, you can argue about why somebody died, but you can't argue the fact that they're dead. And so, you know, when we, so this, you know, we start getting into like COVID-19 deaths, right? It's like, okay, well, we can, was it the COVID that killed them? Or was the 20 other conditions that they had that killed them? We don't really know, right? right. So, was it the bullet we that, that, that went through died. their brain, maybe? But that's, that, no. Yeah, there's, there, yeah, there's very few things that you could, yeah, yeah, they don't talk about the bullet that they had either, right? That's <laughs> right. all other, which, you know, happens in Chirac, I'm sure. Uh, but that and, and so yeah that so you but and and that's what you know again you're looking at you know you bring it to uh you know to sort of i guess current topics right it, it's you know it, it, we're we're you know we're talking about the fact that yeah people are getting covid 19 there's no question and i i know people that have had it and uh and and it and they've and they've taken a seriously long time to recover from it so it's no joke if you get it right and and now how many people get it and are affected by that, you know, th- to that extent, it's probably a very small people. And, and how many people actually die? Well, you know, that those numbers keep going down. I mean, I get the, I get the, you know, I, I look at the numbers every day. I get a, I signed up on covidping.com to go see what the, you know, I get reports from, you know, from Washington state and other, you know, and other places just to kind of see that And the death numbers, you know, yeah, they, they, they might spike up a little bit, and, but, but generally the, the whole things are trending down. Nobody's ever talking about the death rate. They're just talking about the fact that, Hey, we've got, you know, we've got more people catching the disease. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that something bad's going to happen. And of course, you know, Jay Inslee is using that as a, as an excuse to, for, you know, to, uh, you know, to walk back some of the opening up that had happened. And so now they've, you know, they've added some more restrictions and, you know, not opening things up more. And of course, if you read his Twitter, it's, you know, you got, you got a combination of, uh, of people that are happy with that and people that are very upset by that and looking forward to voting for you know somebody else in, in November and, you know, yeah, there's uh, on our primary ballot, there's 36 governors to choose from and, and only <laughs> the top two go to. Yeah. Which, Damn. you know, and, and, and the you know, the excuse was, OK, th- so get this. So they said, OK, well, because of COVID-19, we can't they can't follow the normal standard process for, you know, getting on the ballot. Right. You know, getting enough signatures and all that stuff. And I, I guess that kind of makes sense. And so they basically said anybody that applied to be on the ballot can be on the ballot. And oh, so, see, we should have got Bemrose on the ballot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could. We could have done that. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And cold acid is reminding me. I need to say Jay fucking Inslee. You're absolutely correct. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, he is Jay fucking Inslee. And actually, the, you could say that about all the governors on the left coast. They, 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 their middle name is fucking. That, that that could have been an opening too. I yeah, thought about same that. thing with Pritzker here in Illinois. Yeah, exactly. So that the whole, but it, it's crazy that yeah. It's, so there, so, and and by the way, so the, it's a top two primary state. So we so you don't have to declare party, which is nice. Although in the presidential, when they did the presidential primary, we had to declare, and I I just said, well, screw that. I'm not I'm not voting for any of these idiots uh, because I have to declare allegiance to the party. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Screw that. Um, and so uh, and yeah, it, it's it, and so that so the top two vote getters go on to the primary in no, or, the, or to the or to the election in November, and 
you know, to me, it seems like we should be having more than two because there's there's probably more than two good candidates. Of course, you look at some of those candidates and there's this one guy that keeps running every year uh, or your every, you know, however often they elect a governor. So uh, that that has you know, one of these funny aliases. And it's like, OK, well, uh, and you just, you just kind of look at this and you go, they, they state a party preference in there and you just kind of go and some of it's like, who the hell are you people? And how am I supposed to choose between 36 different people? I just know I'm going to choose somebody who's not named Jay fucking Inslee. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's it when it comes to that stuff, because if you've ever worked in sales, you know, the worst possible thing you can do is give the customer too many choices when they come in. You know, I sold audio gear for a long time for Circuit City before it went bankrupt. And if somebody came in looking, say, for a set of speakers, you didn't want to be like, well, I've got 40 different sets. Let me play them all. You would be like, OK, well, what kind of size do you want? You know, what kind of music do you listen to? And then you kind of chose two or three that you thought were the best. And then, you know, the games began. You wouldn't don't want to confuse somebody with way too many choices. And 36 governors. Damn, I'm surprised it wasn't 33, but I guess that would have been too sweet. That would have been too obvious, I think. <laughs> it's um, 33 but, plus three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which yeah, there you go. That, see, that makes it much more magical. But so yeah, and I, and I did hear I did actually hear a good suggestion for how to how to fix some of the issues with with elections in general. So top two, I think you know favors it favors the two big parties, um, and that's that's a that that itself's an issue. And and so it really should be like a yeah. So I the the idea of an open primary, which we've had for a while, is 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 good. But it really should be top five, right? So that way you've got that in you know, and then if you pair that with ranked choice voting. Then you potentially end up with a, a a scenario where instead of people, you know, you know, I don't know, uh, basically uh, doing what they've been doing, uh, that they actually have to they actually have to be a decent candidate. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's I, I don't know that that's uh, that any uh, any of the systems are going to allow for that because, uh, yeah, because because making it so that we, we potentially get some choice because I think. I think having more than two choices is good, but I also think that, yeah, you're right. Too many choices is bad. And I, you know, and I, I know this from, from marketing and sales and all that stuff, right? You, you, you want to give people some choice, but you don't want to give them too many choices because if it's too many, then, well, you get overwhelmed. I mean, I get overwhelmed. So, which is um, why people don't show up to vote. And this is why, I mean, the overwhelming part is, I think a big reason of why going back to the COVID, why so much of this stuff is just not understood because people including myself that try to look into these stats and try to understand what's going on quickly realize the mess that these stats are because there doesn't seem to be any consistent way of counting these things and they're using different types of tests but they're combining the results in almost every state i mean i know some people were saying they're going to stop that at some point but when you have different types of tests and they're all being combined, that confuses things. And then you have the question of when you're using just positive tests, and you're absolutely right, that is relevant to a very low scale compared to how many deaths you're having, how many deaths per 100,000 in an area. That kind of stuff is important because just going on, hey, we had 100,000 positive tests or whatever the number may be in an area over what period of time. How many different people were tested and how many unique people were tested? Because my thought all along was when you have people like you're seeing what's going on in sports now, and that's a whole nother topic for today. But if a player on any of these leagues gets a positive test, 
well, they're going to get tested again the next day and the next day until they get a negative test so they know they can start coming back to compete. But if that one player gets eight positive tests over a week's time, is that counted as one positive or eight? And my guess is it's counted as eight and nobody's been able to disprove that. So what good are these numbers? Well, ex- exactly. But, I, I, you know, again, I think, you know, that that's where you, you get down to the death rate, right? It's it, it's it's hard to fake the fact that people died or not. Right. And, and so, you know, that and I think we need to because and that, by the way, if we account for deaths, it, you know, just, you know, any any reason you might die or the, or the, the, the medical term is all cause mortality. Uh, if you look at that, then you kind of all of this other stuff that, you know, that, you know, the potentially confounding factors kind of goes away. And you then you can look at it and go, okay, so are more people dying now because of this thing called COVID-19 or not? And now we're doing all and, you know, we're you know, it's a it's a multifactorial equation because we're because we're we're not not only is there the presence of COVID-19, but there's all these other, you know, these all these other compensating things that we're doing to try and, uh, you know, limit the spread or crush the curve or whatever the whatever. Whatever they're calling it today. They're saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, And uh, and yeah, I think it's so are, are more people dying or not? If if if. You know, if it, it, does it does it matter that they what they died of if they're if they're dead? Because that's and, and you know, I think some of these people that they're that they're marketing as COVID deaths. And again, we can we can argue about whether they died of COVID or not. Would they have died a few months later of something else? Right. We, we don't know. And so um, that's, you know, and because people I think are, you know, we're not, you know, we're, it's it's OK that maybe we're not, you know, we're not people are, kept, you know, people are catching COVID, but not dying. Right. That's that's a, you know, to me, that seems like it's a good thing. And. It's kind of, you know, we can say the same thing about statins and, you know, whatnot. It's like, okay, yeah, you can, you can reduce your, if you take a stat and you can reduce the risk of, of, of death by, you know, certain cardiovascular things. But, um, but yeah, your, your all cause mortality doesn't change. So that just means I die of something else. And so is, is, is that an improvement? No, I'd rather just not take the pharmaceutical. Um, you know, I'd rather die of something else because I, because at least I know what the something else might be, or at least it's not going to be some random drug that some, yeah, you know, that that uh, some pharmaceutical company is uh, forcing us to take that uh, that uh, sh- uh, that that might be impacting my body in some negative way. Have you ever, have you ever read the side effects on statins? That's a whole you know that could be a whole uh, separate topic right there. But um, and but they you know they downplay the the you know the side effects of that. I'm just yeah. Anyway, that's a uh, but and that's and that's the thing. So so it's it's you know let's look at the facts that are hard to lie about and argue about. Deaths are one of those things, right? It's you know what they died of is a is a is a is a debate and a discussion. We're never going to know, but right. the fact that they're dead, it's kind of hard to argue that one. Yeah, and this came up on the last Grumpy Old Ben's on Monday when Sir Spencer joined me again. Another guy that is a little bit more rational than Ryan Bemrose, but that's okay. I'm sure Ryan will listen to these episodes and learn how to be a better co-host, but. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. I don't believe that at all either. There's that's there's little, if any, chance of that happening. But I had the same thought, which is the death rate is the most important thing to look at. And I understand this is a novel virus and we don't know everything about it. We don't know how it's affecting people. So I do understand there's a lag when it comes to some of these stories, but you'll notice. One thing, if you go back and look at the news media coverage, Drudge is a great site to watch for this kind of stuff because we went from stories that were nothing but how many people were going to die. They talked about all these projections, all of this speculation, which, as we know, these models were absolutely, completely and utterly wrong, had no basis in reality. But you're noticing now that we're a few months into this. 
And the one number, as you said, that nobody, I mean, you can fudge it a little bit because you could say somebody got hit by a bus, but you can put them down as COVID. But there's a much lower chance, you know, that's much harder to screw with those numbers with the death numbers. And now that we're seeing the death numbers aren't massively high when it comes to percentages, you know, per 100,000 people, people without comorbidities and all this. Now that we're seeing that the numbers on deaths are pretty low. There's one thing I've noticed with the news coverage, and there's a ton of stories like, oh, people are going to suffer from neurological things for the rest of their lives and their lungs are screwed for the rest of their lives. And this is going to cause problems for the rest of their lives. People are never going to recover from this. And the timing is very intriguing to me that the death numbers are now coming out to seem like, well, this is worse than a flu, but this isn't, you know, the 1918 pandemic. This isn't you know, 20% of the Earth's population is going to be wiped out. The death numbers aren't all that scary. So now we need to push the narrative with other scary things, which is, oh, well, you know what? If you get this, oh, yeah, okay, you're going to survive. But, you know, you're never going to be you're never going to be the same after. And people get scared pretty quick. Well, and 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 people are pretty unhealthy. And so, yeah, and, and this, you know, as I say, this this disease is no joke, right? I mean, if you if you get it and it, it impacts you in a bad way, yeah, it, it, it's no joke. It, it can it can cause you an issue uh, for sure. Now, it, you know, well, is it going to cause permanent damage? I don't know. Right. But it, it definitely. So so there I think there's some, something legitimate behind the fear, but but it's not like, OK, everybody's not everybody's not going to get this and, and, and it's not going to affect everybody the same way. Uh, for sure. So those, you know, are the are those you know the people that are that it impacts heavily are those outlying cases? Yeah, probably right. based on yeah, you know, um, you know, it's it's uh, every, I I you know I think we've all had it at some point, uh, you know, it's some version of it. We of course we weren't testing for it. We don't know. And and, and again, like you say, the tests uh, may just say you had a cold, right? Um, so I think it's uh, yeah, I, I it's uh, the, it's so yeah, but but yes, they're trying to keep the fear going because well that you know that sells more washing powder, right? Um, and, uh, and, and it also, it also pushes the narrative that they're trying to do. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, how this narrative changes in November, yes. <laughs> you know, or the, right after, right after the, uh, you know, the election. And my guess is that Trump will win again, uh, because, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, who, who do they, I mean, okay, this is really sad that the, that the best that the Democrats could come up with to, to, um, to, to come up with against Trump is a guy who can barely form a coherent sentence. Is that really <laughs> the best guy? Now, he might be more controllable, and that's probably why they chose him. But uh, but yeah, it's like, come on, anybody that even just looks at this and, you know, and the media does a really, you know, I think they do a really good job of keeping the, the, the Biden gaffes, you know, off of the news. But uh all the all they have to do is put a mic in front of the guy and you know within within like you know two minutes he'll 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 have gaffed something really badly and you know if the media were as uh you know were were slanted against democrats as they seem to be against republicans then they would be they would they would be uh you know playing those you know five times an hour on, yes. you know on, you know, on cnn right exactly you know whereas uh you know trump uh, trump breathes or tweets and and you know they just and they just uh you know and, they, and then they they figure out the worst way to 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 portray it and and then and then do it you know it's like and whereas the stuff that J- joe biden gaffs on it's like it's obviously bad <laughs> yes know? uh there's no you know you don't even have to you know look that hard to go wow dude you really shouldn't have said that 
you know, you're not black enough or whatever, you know, whatever some of the other stuff he said. It's like, yeah, the latest. Did you see the latest one, which he said Donald Trump was the first racist president ever elected in the United States? Even Charlemagne, the God came out and told just said, shut up, Joe. You have no idea what you're talking about, I guess. You know, I guess Joe. As I say, missed- have, 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 as I say haven't, haven't all of the the presidents been a little bit racist at some point? And you know, just I don't know. Thinking back to the you know the the slave owners that were presidents, you know, I mean, would, would those guys be considered racist? You know, you know, I would think some and Woodrow Wilson, especially. You know, there's yeah. guys that have held the office that are definitely in that category. But Joe Biden thinks Trump is. This is the kind of scary revisionist history stuff that is. It's either really scary that Biden doesn't know these things or it's really scary that his mind is mush and he has no idea about what's going on in the world or what has ever gone on in the world. And the Democratic Party, who had a landslide when they put Barack Obama out there as a candidate, I do not understand still that after Barack Obama, their best choices have been Hillary Clinton. And Joe Biden, because this doesn't fit with what won. And I'm very wondering why, very much so wondering where was the next Barack Obama? Where is the next Barack Obama, which would be a younger man of color or woman of color who can get out there and get support to run for president? I don't get uh, what they have been throwing out there after Barack Obama won in a landslide twice in a row, why they went from younger and a person of color to eh, we're going to go back to old white people again. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I think that's a yeah, that, that's a good question. Uh, or, or, or it's a it's a great question. Uh, you know, and then, then I then, then play the clip of John C. DeBark saying that's not a great question. <laughs> you know, and, and with that said, I don't understand why the Republican Party has never been able to get a a person that doesn't look like an old white guy or gal that would be the one that's running towards the front either. I mean, I don't know. There's uh, there are some definite stereotypes out there and they have to be squashed for things to to start moving in the right direction. And I think you're right, too, with the two party system. There are major issues with that because we know that if there ever is a third party, you know, a person that comes in as an independent, they have no chance to win. The only chance they really have is to take the election away from somebody else, which is why the Kanye thing is is really interesting to me, because I don't believe for a minute that Kanye is taking away votes from Donald Trump. I don't believe that it would all be nor a vast majority would be from the Biden camp. And then the question is, why is he doing it? Yeah. Well, and and so the first election that I voted in was uh, the the election that Ross Perot was running. Right? Oh, so, yeah. I'm H. Yeah. Ross and you're the boss. That and and yeah and I and you know and and, and yeah and I voted for Rusbro and, and because uh you know even even back then before I before I have been uh you know woke to uh to the 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 no agenda thinking is that I I always kind of felt that you know hey let's you know ha- having these two parties just doesn't seem like a good idea we we should have somebody else in there and I've always kind of, so I've always been kind of a uh, the way I vote is, uh, you know, I, 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 I change my politicians, uh, uh, you know, like diapers and you know, frequently and often <laughs> for the same reason. Yeah, for the smell. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, and that's and that's actually what bugs me about us, a, a lot of these politicians. Right. It, it's like, OK, so you mean to tell me Maxine Waters has been in office almost as long as I've been alive? Are you kidding me? 
why is this woman still in and, and why do people still continue to elect people like this? Right. And, you know, again, you get the Nancy Pelosi's and the, you know, the, the some of the, some of these, uh, uh, you know, and, and there's Republicans that have, you know, same, same thing, right? It's like, look, you should go into office for a few years, do your thing and get out. There's this is this was never meant to, you know, and I, I don't I don't understand why we don't have term limits on right. any elected office at any level, because I think, you know, it's not to say that you can't get, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't just get like one term or whatever. I mean, OK, two terms is probably good. And and yeah, give somebody else a chance to do it because you we need to have some fresh ideas or whatever. But that's but yeah, the system perpetuates on, you know, on, on you know, the same people being in power for. And, and, and you know, that's something else you kind of you, you kind of see in, uh, you know, the, the whole th- the whole theory of, you know, how the. uh you know, or how the, uh, you know, the INSOC was created and the other, the governments around the world were created in, in the 1984 uh, timeline, uh, is yeah, it's all about maintaining power and screw the people, right? The people, you know, it's like, okay, we'll, you know, we'll keep the people alive, you know, we'll get, you know, we'll give them, you know, just the bare minimum that they need and, and no more than that because, uh, you know, just cause screw the rest of you. Right. But, uh, our goal is to maintain power. And that's what it seems like is happening with, you know, with the, with the governments around the world is it, it, like, okay, once we get power, we don't want to let go of it and, and, you know, and screw the people. And that's, and that's what seems to be happening. So yeah, when we, when they say we're living in a 1984 world, yeah, they're, they're trying to change the narrative and they're trying to maintain power. What, you know, yeah, it's a, yeah. George Orwell was right. We didn't, it, it was, yeah, let's make Orwell fiction again, as the shirt says. That would be nice, because I think what you're seeing now is, I mean, sure, you've got the government, say, of the United States, who's obviously the man. Everybody called it the man. They're the people in power. They don't want to lose their power. But even more interesting to that is now the people fighting the power, the Black Lives Matter movement, the group Black Lives Matter International, whatever the full name is, is a Marxist organization. It's like these are people who want to do nothing but screw the people to get power. That's all it's about. And the fact that this is completely glossed over, which is the thing that bothers me when it comes to trying to have this debate. And we're seeing this now with the sports coming back. Major League Baseball is going to put BLM at the back of every mound. And that bothers me because we don't the slogan, I believe black lives do matter. But I know what Black's lives, what Black Lives Matter, the organization stands for. And those are not the same thing. And we live in a society where everything is divisive. So if you're, you know, you dare say you, you, you don't back Black Lives Matter, the organization, well, then obviously you're a racist asshole. It's like, well, no, I'm just not a Marxist. And these things don't have to both, you know, both things do not have to be equal. You know, the whole concept of you voted for Donald Trump. There was an argument I saw on uh, one of these uh, Twitter uh, female conservative Twitter, um, you know, chick that was out there. And this woman was going out after that. You know, if you vote for Donald Trump, you're a racist. And she said, well, no, I'm not. And the woman just wasn't having anything. She's like, well, prove your point. And the woman had nothing except if you vote for Donald Trump, you're a racist. So this girl turned to her and said, well. If you vote for Joe Biden, you're a pedophile. And the woman went nuts. But it's like, it's the same logic. You Exactly the same logic. And I don't, I don't get how you don't. But that's the scary part, too. When people will spew something they've heard, they'll spew a talking point. But you try to spin it on them with something like that. And they don't see the relation of the two things. Yeah. And I think, it, yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I keep seeing the whole like the mask thing, right? It, it, it keeps coming up. It's like, well, 
you know, you, you should you should want to protect me, so wear a mask. Okay, well, I want to. Well, you know, what about what about if I, uh, you know, I, I I have a gun to protect myself, which you know, it's the same reason you wear a mask, and and you, so you, shouldn't you be carrying a gun too? It's and and you know, you so okay, well, I think you know, and that's and so yeah, you try to use logic against people, and yes, their brain their brain fries, and it yeah, and it's. Uh, I believe the phrase in, uh, you know, in George Orwell's timeline is double speak or or, yes. or, 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 you know, or double think, you know, so yeah, it, you have to, you have to have two conflicting ideas in mind and hold, be able to hold them in your mind at the same time. Right. And that's, and yeah, and that seems to be happening in it. So, so yeah, you know, yet another 1984ism right there. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's people you, it's like, you know, so it's, it's belief, you know, and, and even with, you know, prof, you know, well, so, you know, again, back to professor Ted, right. It's, uh, you know his thought is you know you know part of his thought seems to be that uh uh it, you know you you transfer your loyalties from your you know your family or your local community to the state whoever the, whoever the state is and you know again that seems you know it's, it's like this all knowing all trusting belief in the state is you know it's it's exactly what keeps the system going forward and and it's exactly what's wrong with the world in fact is that we we have this uh, you know this unwavering undying belief in the state and that's you know and that's yeah and i, I think it you know if, my general, you know, point of view on things is, yeah, the, the the state is probably corrupt and probably shouldn't, you know, and, and I don't care what government you have, and that includes that includes the American government, which is better than better than most, but um, that the state shouldn't be trusted, and I'd rather I trust my local community a lot more than I would trust that, and because because there's a, some level of accountability, there's no accountability for a lo- big large organization, but for a, a small company, yeah, there's some there's some accountability you can you know, and so try to do the right thing, and I think if you know your if you know, if you're accountable to your family and to your neighbors, and you and that's where your loyalty lies, then um, you know, I think you, yeah, you'd probably be much more resistant to well the stuff that's going on now. Right. Well, this is it too. Two things can be true. At the same time, and Bill O'Reilly mentioned this last night, talking about Boston, the Red Sox, putting up a large sign on the exterior of the park in their, you know, the Boston Red Sox in their font that just says Black Lives Matter. And his suggestion was right next to that, you should also have Police Lives Matter because both can be true and you should stand for both. This is why this concept with Major League Baseball or the NBA or any of these organizations saying that they're going to let the players, you know, go out there and, you know, make their opinions heard or whatever it is. It's like, well, I hope you're open to a diversity of opinions because as of yet, you're not. And that's where the problem comes in. If somebody says, hey, you know what? Uh, You know, I, I believe that a majority of the police are good people who are out there doing a really hard job. That doesn't make somebody a racist. I mean, the funny thing is, it's like there's a lot of black people in the that work for police departments across the country so you know they're obviously are you throwing everybody out this concept that you can put any group into one little pigeonhole and make it true about all of them is the epitome of this racist crap this is the epitome of where these problems come down and if we just had a little bit of logic if the nfl came out and said you know what well we're going to let people kneel if they want to, but we're going to let people stand. And if people want to wear Black Lives Matter on their jersey, that's fine. But if somebody wants to wear Blue Lives Matter or I support the police on their jersey, we're going to let them do that, too. But we're not seeing that yet. We're, we're seeing this social justice means very a very one-sided part of the equation. And that really isn't showing diversity. That really isn't having a debate that really isn't moving anything forward. If anything, 
it is the strong arm tactics that they are exactly pretending that they're against. I mean, it's really weird. One of the stories today was the Los Angeles mayor, Eric Garcetti, calling the rioters up in Portland the, quote, the best of our democratic ideals. And the police that are up there and the feds, well, they're they're the horrible. It's like, really, this is Orwell. This is up is down. Black is white. White is with just nothing makes sense when you have a group of people in Portland who are literally trying to burn City Hall down. And you have mayors saying, no, no, they're just they're the best of our democratic ideals. How do you even put your brain around that? Well, I, I, I can't. I personally can't. It, it's it's it, yes. Seems to me destroying something is generally not uh, is, is not helpful. Uh, it is, uh, you, 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 you know, that, but, but that's what, you know, the, but that's what seems that they, that people want to do. And if, if they consider that their best, then I'm definitely against it. Right. So <laughs> yes. it's, so I think there, I, I, I always try to take the approach that every, that everybody, uh, has something, uh, useful to say and, and, and you can learn something from it from anybody, I think. But, uh, but yeah, you, in, in some cases you have to work a little harder than others to find it. And, and so, but again, you look at, you look at actions, you look at, uh, you look at what they're doing and you go, these things don't match. Right? Uh, and, uh, you know, the, there's, it, it's like, okay, if I, if I don't say exactly what you say and mean it exactly the way that you mean it, then, then I'm somehow the polar opposite of you. And that, I think that right. binary thinking, which, you know, and and I and I haven't gotten this far in Professor Ted's work, but but uh, uh, I I think there's that binary thinking, which which by the way, uh, you know the, the the all of us using these digital technologies. Guess what? It's all ones and zeros at the end of the day, right? This is so that you know our voices are getting transcoded into zeros and ones. The uh, the comments in the troll room are getting transcoded into zeros and ones, and it's all binary. Um, the world is not binary though, and, and but but uh, we're we're trying to force people into you're a one or a zero. Uh, whatever that is and and yes. and yeah I, I and it's and it's yeah it's like okay if you're not me then you're as then you're a zero and and i'm a one and that's it right it, it's it, it, everybody seems to be kind of working toward that uh you know that mindset uh and and it's not the way it is i can i can be you know i don't know i can we can agree on topic a but we can disagree on topic b and we can still have a good time and we can still you know we can still go down and uh, have a beer if they go if they go let us go to the bar which right. you know, not which which isn't happening right now. Well, maybe I don't know. It depends on where you are. But um, yeah, it's I, I just I, I don't get it. It's like okay, what? And and yeah, and I, I, you know, it's it's like it's hard not to think that there's some sort of globalist plot or something going on that that, that is a yeah. that is forcing this issue. It's it's you know, and I, I, you know, I yeah, I, I think there's a part of me that's always been a crackpot, but but um, <laughs> you know, it, but God, it's getting hard not to be just because it's like you just look at this stuff and you and you just start putting two and two together and you go. Why are they continuing to do this? Because, you know, most people you, you, you talk to most people, you might just again, you might disagree on a few things, but you can hang out and have a beer and you can, you know, you can laugh about it and joke about it and and and, and have different points of view. And it's fine. But, you know, it's like in the in the media, it's like you've got to be yes. you, you've got to be just pissed off at, at, at everybody. It's like, why? I, I don't get it. And, the, but, you know, so it's it's hard not to think, OK, there's something there's something to some of these crackpots that are saying there's a you know, there's something going on. And it's yeah. like, yeah, we, I don't I don't know what, but. I know it's not healthy and that we, as we become much more dependent on our, you know, on, on our connectivity and yeah, I could, I have a rant about Comcast coming, I think. <laughs> but I mean, the media is yeah. a big part of this and it's intriguing again, because we're living in a time where you and I can 
be the media. I mean, we can post anything you want on social media. I mean, until you're deplatformed, you can say anything you want. You can do audio programming like podcasts like this. You can do video programming. You know, again, YouTube may deplatform you, but citizen journalism should be very strong right now. And everybody was worried with citizen journalism that you were going to have a lot of lies being spread when the reality is the mainstream media is doing a great job of spreading lies. There's no question about it. It's beyond being just biased uh, against a political candidate or whatever. The media has gone way, way, way further than being biased into straight out lying and straight out editing things out that make the context of what they're reporting change. And I've been going on and on long before even my random thoughts started and grumpy old Ben's. I go back, you know, 10 years spewing things about the weather underground and Bill Ayers, Barack Obama's buddy. And you're noticing now on no agenda. I was so happy to hear him reporting that the woman that is associated with Thousand Currents, another weather underground person that was involved in this stuff in the 60s with some very bad stuff, some very violent anarchist activities, you know, bombings, killings. And these people are still trying to pull those strings. And it is, again, you go back to divisiveness because there's some very simple stuff, some simple concepts with the weather underground. And that was you have to get the groups of people fighting against each other. And we're seeing that now you have to get the blacks and whites got to pit them against each other. You have the police and the non-police got to pit them against each other. The weather underground and their stuff that they published never call the police the police. They call them the pigs or something more vile at some point. But you have the police have to be bad. The white and the black have to be fighting. The rich and the poor got to fight them. You got to put pit them against each other as well, because it's all about divisiveness, because if everybody is fighting with each other, then nobody's really, I guess, paying attention to what the politicians are doing. And I played a clip because when I was talking to Sir Spencer in the last show, I remembered this clip and I played it on my most recent random thoughts, which was from 30 years ago from two live crew. If you remember two live crew, how old are you? Oh, I'm I'm 47. So, okay. yeah, I, we're we're similar age. So, yes, of course, I remember two life crew. I, it was that was, you know, that, that was uh, common music in the 80s. Right. So, it was, yeah, like, like right, going into the 90s, the you know, right. band of the yeah, USA, uh, Luther yep. Campbell, the head of the two life crew. There was a song which I had just grabbed a bunch of live stuff to play on the no agenda rock and roll pre-show because we like to be very diverse with the music. And I played band in the USA and there was this whole long diatribe within this and i'm like holy crap he goes you know starts with you know are you against censorship because you know if you we let all this stuff start being censored because back at the time they were trying to censor their albums because they were so dangerous it's interesting that we lived through a time where music you know again the tipper gore thing was so dangerous that we had to you know squash this stuff down we had to censor this stuff but he goes on this diatribe with you know hey if you start letting them censor all this stuff you know, soon they're going to be telling you how to screw and what you can do. And he's like, I look out in the crowd right here and he's like, I see black. I see, you know, Mexican. I see white. All of us getting along together. And that's what they're afraid of. And I'm like, holy crap, this was 30 years ago. And it is very much accurate still today. It's it's sad that 30 years later in that concept, in that respect, 
it seems we've gotten worse. It seems we've slid slid back. And I'm not really sure why that is, except the people that are pulling the strings and controlling the media don't want us all to get along. No, and they're trying. Yeah, this seemed to be fermenting, uh, you know, uh, you know, fear and 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 and, and mistrust and everything. And yeah, it's uh, turn off your television. Uh, you know, get get off the social medias. It, it, it's yeah, it, yeah. It's I don't know. I mean, even in the nineties, I, I was I've always I I don't know. I just at a certain point, I just kind of as, as I got old enough, I'm like, I don't really want to watch TV anymore. And and so there's very few, and and even today there's there's very few things I actually want to watch. And, and, and when I do sit down and watch something, I go, okay, that was a complete waste of time. <laughs> uh, sports are about the only thing that I can kind of get my mind around. And, and it's like, okay, this is, um, but, uh, but yeah, now that they're all uh, being political, right. Yes. Uh, you know, with it, it, you know, it's like, okay, now it's just like, yeah, I don't really, it's like, I, I watch sports to get away from that stuff. Not to, yes. not to have it uh, put, put in my face. And yeah, I don't know how sports is going to handle this. Uh, it, it's uh, you know with everything going on and it's and I, I think we all need somebody to root for and that's kind of you know so it's the so um you know sports are as uh as old as civilization itself right you need to have you need to have a you know somebody to cheer for and somebody to cheer against right it, it's that's that that seems to entertain the slaves as it were well and um, it used to be what brought people together i've said that before barack obama obviously i mean i don't know how much of a white Sox fan he really is but he says he's a white Sox fan so hey i will agree I've got that same allegiance with him, which means we have something in common. So if you, you know, you met the guy could sit down and talk baseball, but with all of this stuff becoming politicized in this time of COVID, that's the most interesting thing about this. I saw a stat the other day that the White Sox and Cubs in an exhibition game the other day had the highest rated baseball watched game in the Chicago area since 2012 so this was the most watched game in the last eight years which was a game that meant nothing exhibition people are so hungry for sports they have such an opportunity to bring people together but i do believe they're going in the exact wrong direction they're going to be divisive and they're going to take the golden goose here because let's be honest, Hollywood's not making new television shows either. So sports right now would have an audience like they haven't had for decades. And if they go this route where they just want to push their political beliefs, I think they're losing 50 percent or more of their of their audience. And that doesn't make any sense to me, but it doesn't make sense either that the NBA, Mark Cuban, I, I tweeted him the other day, of course, he, he claims he has big balls. But he doesn't like to answer the hard questions. He he wanted to be snarky to somebody that was like, you know, hey, Mark Cuban backs this. So if you want to boycott him, here's a list of all of his companies. And Mark Cuban's like, if you want a list of my companies, go to markcuban.com. And there is a list of his companies there. I went and looked. And I'm just wondering how somebody that has ownership in was like 50, maybe more companies. It's a long list on his site. How somebody that is so into the capitalist system who went from selling magazines door to door to being a billionaire, how he's allying himself with this Black Lives Matter Marxist group who wants to defund the police, who if you go read the stuff they want, there's a whole bunch of just absolutely insane, you know, universal income for everybody, all of this stuff, which is very socialist slash Marxist. That's their whole platform. And I don't understand how those two worlds go together. And I don't understand 
how a bunch of way overpaid athletes, and I don't care what sport they're in, way overpaid for what they do. If you're a black athlete making millions of dollars, somebody was, you know, and it's maybe a little bit mean to go after somebody like Mookie Betts, who just signed like a thirty three million dollar contract or something. Maybe not thirty three. That would be great, though. Magic number and all. Yeah, I was going to say that that, 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 that I don't think that's a coincidence. But uh, but anyway, go on. It's a huge contract. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's so, you know, in America, he's been so you know, kept down that he's only making this amount of money. So, of course, he has to kneel. And it's like, you know, that's that's a little unfair because he's showing solidarity and it's something that he believes in. And I'm OK kind of with that, but just don't do it on my time, which I mean, that's the other thing I've always said with the sports. I want to tune in and just get the game. I don't want to get a political statement. I don't want to be preached to. This is the escapism, as you mentioned. I want to just tune in and have a little bit of fun for a while. With that said, any player that wants to, I'll help them start a podcast. Any player that wants to, once the game's over and wants to make political statements to the press, I'm all for that. Talk your ass off. Talk nonstop. But the minute the cameras come on and it's time to play the game, play the game. I don't think that's too much to ask. But, you know, when everything is going to get politicized now, Somebody like Mookie Betts, I mean, why can't you stand up or any of these guys? I mean, Michael Jordan did a really good job of this about four years ago when the Black Lives Matter thing was coming to prominence again, because he came out and said, you know what? I support the gave like a million bucks to the NAACP defense fund, and he gave a million dollars to a police fund because he said, hey, I've met a lot of police officers where, you know, the Bulls, a lot of security, a lot of personal security. I mean, a guy like him needs a lot of personal security. And he was backing both and he was being logical and he was letting, you know, this was actually something that could reduce the tension, something that could reduce the violence. If one of these guys would stand up who people in the black community respect and could stand up and say, look, I'm making $50 million on this contract. And this because the only reason it is, is because I live in the United States of America. This isn't happening anywhere else. And if you work your ass off, you can succeed here. This concept that there's systemic racism is bullshit because they're saying this has been existing since the United States was formed. And my question is, Obama and Biden, you had eight years. So if there's systemic racism, why didn't I hear those words coming out of your mouth for those eight years? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly it is. It, it, but it, well, it's not if you're paying attention, though, because, again, they're they're controlling the narrative. and and. You know, sports is one of those things that is it's one of the few if you, you know, if you act, if you work hard and you're talented and, you know, sort of all the stars align, you can be very successful. Right. It's it's one of the few egalitarian things that are left. And although if you actually look at the way the NFL distributes revenues, it's it, it, you know, it's actually a fairly communist uh, environment where you know everybody shares in the TV revenues, even though yeah, baseball's um, there, you know, too. Yeah, it's it's. I, I don't think there's quite this. I don't baseball doesn't have a salary cap, right? It, it's, no. I mean, I don't follow baseball. So that that's the one thing that the, you know, that the NFL has that, that, that major league baseball does not as a salary, the, the salary cap. And, and so, yeah, at a certain point, um, you know, the teams that the teams that people like are, you know, there are, are basically floating the teams that people don't like, which I, and I can see some value in that, but uh, yeah, but if, and if, and if you look at the way that, uh, 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting dichotomy. If you look at the way that uh, that professional soccer or 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 as the other uh, places call it football, <laughs> yes, right? yes, um, the uh, you know the, the way that they do it, it is it's it's a very it's a very egalitarian system that you have to be that you have to be successful in order to be in the right league, and then if you if you're if you're not successful, then you then you fall back a league, right? You're you're not in the uh, so it, so um, and there is there is no salary cap or whatever. It's like you you've got to have money to to compete in professional sports and be able to pay the players that. Uh, to 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 succeed and yeah and now granted if you actually uh you know if if you if you somehow pull an upset and you and you win yeah you can you can still you can still be successful in the in the in the sports leagues but it's a um but yeah it's a it's a, it's a, it's a merit based system and 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 you know and it's funny that that the sports leagues which are which which are built on a merit based system theoretically uh are now advocating for things that are not merit based <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know um, if these guys that have they're making the million dollar contracts, multi-million dollar contracts, want to give all their money away. I mean, if they do, give your money away first and then speak to me about the politics of the Marxists, because then I'll believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get, you know, and I give, you know, Colin Kaepernick uh uh, you know, some credit because yeah, he put his money where his mouth was, right? As he said, okay, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to give some of my money that I'm making to, uh, to, to this cause that I believe in, right? Which, which, you know, and you can, and you can argue whether, uh, you know, whether, whether he should have done that or not, or if it was the right organization, but it's, but he, you know, he did that, right? And, and I don't, you know, I, I guess I don't hear about all, you know, a lot of these other athletes that are out there that are, that are uh, political, that they're, that they're out giving the same kind of money, right. Uh, away or, or whatever it's in, uh, and, and yeah, they, they're again, I think even, even in a system that's supposed to be, you know, for, you know, for everybody, right. You know, the, the you know, the communist socialist type system, uh, there's always people that have more, right. It, it, oh, it's yeah. kind of funny how that works out. And, and, and even again, in 1984, they, they, you know, they, they talk about the theory of the class system that, that every stable society has to have some sort of class system in place where you've got people that have more than people than, than people below. Right. So there's, there's, there's like a lower middle and upper class kind of thing construct that always has to be maintained. And, you know, if you give, if you, if you raise every, you know, then this, and the, it, the thought process is if you raise everybody up, then it's going to, then the government's going to destabilize. And so that's why they, you know, as part of their uh, maintaining power, they maintain the class structure that's in place. So you've got the, you've got the, you know, the, the proletariat and you've got the, you know, you've got the, you know, the inner, you know, the inner circle and the outer circle of the party, whatever. Um, it's, uh, you know, so you maintain that, uh, uh, that structure to maintain the power. And, and, and as you get closer to the party, the, the more, you know, the more brainwashed you have to be in order to be able to uh in order to keep the system going it's not about you know you know I, you know you never see big brother as a person right you, it, it's always the big brother is 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 i think it's just a, a concept and you know uh, you know orwell never actually uh highlights that but it's it's like there's there is you know we we, we still have to you know come up with, I, I guess we have to be able to you know um, I can't think of the word, but the, but you know, you're, you you personize something, right? You create a person that says, "Okay, right. Big Brother's in charge," and it's but Big Brother's just a theory. I think is well, not it's like really our a, devices yeah. now. You know, it's like the Amazon device. It talks to you. It has a soothing voice. It uh, and and that is a part. I mean, did I don't think Orwell could imagine where we were going to be sitting today when it comes to a concept of Big Brother that so many people go out and buy these little talking tube devices and beyond that not just the talking tubes the cell phone is the ultimate talking tube and people carry that with them wherever they go and not only does it listen to every word you say but it reports your location back to the mothership and people are okay with this it's it's a really weird change in values and in concepts and i don't know if it's because people don't really understand 
the danger. I mean, a lot of people, I have nothing to hide. It's like, well, that's not necessarily true, depending on the political you know, discourse going on at the time. It's kind of like the people that want Marxism and socialism. I think a vast majority of these people think making us all equal means we're all going to be Kim and Kanye, not the guy flipping burgers at Wendy's. Yeah, we'll probably be closer to the guy flipping burgers at Wendy's versus, uh, um, yeah, being all Kim and Kanye. Because and and you know that's also something else that's interesting too. In you know 1984, they they basically stopped scientific progress because um, because yeah, why would we make everybody's life better, right? So the, it's, it's so there there is a and and you know and the, and the nice thing about you know science and technology is it does float all boats at some point, right? Or you know a rising tide raises all boats. Um, and so I but. Uh, so it'll it'll at a certain point it'll be interesting to see when the tech, technological proce- progress stops because that's you know that's something that we that I think has led to some of the issues and again gets into Professor Ted but um it, it but it's uh that there that the technological progress does create instability and and yeah it 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 makes everybody's life better but um you know does it does is it does it naturally increase strife I don't know that it necessarily increases strife but um certainly it could and that's that's a you know, that's a problem and you know and so you know it, it is you know is progress for progress sake a good thing and that's a that's perhaps another uh discussion right there but uh yeah it, it's that it is something that uh comes up in these uh you know when you, you see a dystopian fiction or whatever it's it's that that at a certain point progress has to stop so that and, and again it's so you can maintain control um it's it's to uh you know to perpetuate the system because if because if everybody because you know the yeah the one thing that we don't that that George Orwell didn't have is yeah we have these cell phones and we have access to information that um is impossible for any single entity to control although they keep trying to you know that that the, you know the face bags and the um the twitters and the and the whatnot that that that, that uh, you know they they try to insert themselves and be that central point of uh, collection and and distribution and potentially uh, censoring and uh, changing right. information, right? So, uh, you know, so we're so they they keep trying to build these centralized sources of failure. Whereas I think the 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 you know the way we can protect ourselves against that is to bypass all of those uh, you, know, the, you know any sort of central authority, right? And 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 to enable peer to peer communication because as long as we have that and. As long as we have th- th- that, I don't think they're going to be able to take away all of the, you know, the some of the technology. But it seems like that they're trying to, you know, w- you know, when there was when there was, uh, you know, three channels on television, we could they could they could, you know, they, they could easily uh, plant uh, people in the CIA to uh, uh, to con- to control the message. And and, and so everybody, everybody got the same thing. And so everybody started believing the same thing. And now there's, you know, we've got we've got limitless ways to communicate and talk and, you know, all these different podcasts and all these different, uh, you know, all the different, you know, all the different uh, social social media things that aren't that aren't the big three or big four or whatever it is um and uh you know we all have we have potentially all different devices and yeah you know, i i think i think the fact that there's basically only two types of cell phones these days is yes. is, is is itself a problem uh and that needs to be you know that's a that's again i think it's hard to uh manufacture those things on your own that's why and, and so there's there's a certain there's a certain uh uh you know and, and there's a certain amount of control that gets injected by you know by google and apple and all these things and, and it's it's so right that's the, the control the point, point is yeah, right you know, they so control the software get rid of that right? yeah yeah so we need you know we need to get rid of that we need to have peer to peer communication i think it's the only way to 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 be resistant against uh, these uh, these 1984 uh, you know brave new world uh, type techniques yeah that's another book i've read too <laughs> so. well if you if you're going to have this i mean i just did a random thoughts on the tox 
framework, which QTOX is the is the client where you can do completely peer to peer text messaging. You can also do video, you know, video calls, voice calls, all that kind of thing. And that is the kind of stuff that makes sense, although you still are running. You know, in my case, I'm running QTOX on a Windows 10 machine. So then there's the problem is that Microsoft can still be spying on what you're doing within these apps. The same thing with the cell phones, which is why we need more people that understand that you can get an Android phone, not all of them, but a vast majority that you can then root the phone and put your own version of whatever software you want, which is usually just Android that hackers have gone in and taken out all of the report back to Google stuff. <coughs> yeah. And that's, you know, but, but, but is that any better? Right. Cause I think, right. Because then the you don't know if those it, people are putting stuff in. Right. It, you know, and this, this gets into, this gets into my day job, right. Is, is that at some point, right. With cybersecurity, you have to, you have to trust, you end up having to trust somebody, right. Because you can't, because there's too many details to potentially know all of the faults and, and, and issues that you might have. And so, you know, you buy a product or service that, that uh that is you know, designed to help you you might buy multiple of them to to handle certain threats that you perceive and and, and that do exist and 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 so yeah you have to trust that the, that 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 the, that the companies that you buy products and services from aren't out to get you and and sadly that's becoming uh less and less uh you know a sure thing right so um now i tend to trust apple more than i trust google because their business Apple's business model is to, you know, to, to sell me stuff. And Google's, you know, business model is to, to sell the you. stuff that I, uh, that I do. Right? right. So it's, so, you know, Apple's business model is inherently more trustworthy, although they have, you know, they have their faults as well. So it's, there, there's no perfect system, but yeah, they slid you know, closer to, to together. democratize everything. Yeah. You know, and that's, yeah, that's they, yeah. they, they're not completely on opposite sides. They're kind of meeting in the middle, sadly. Yeah, it's and, and I think because yeah, they're, again, they're trying to maintain the duopoly. It's it's kind of like our uh, uh, it's kind of like our political system here in the United States. It's it, 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 the, about the one thing that the, that the two parties agree on is uh, that there should be nobody else coming in to try and disrupt the good thing that they have going. Right. Don't mess with our stuff, man. And uh, it really is. It's it's on or off. It is back to the whole binary thing. And uh, the when you're looking at doing any kind of marketing, it's interesting now. Because sitting the game out, if you will, is not being allowed anymore, which is I'm sure you've heard double speak and crap like, well, it's not enough anymore not to be racist. You have to be anti-racist. And this is something that is not just being applied to individuals. This is something that's being applied to companies. So it's no longer, you know, if a company dares sit on the sideline and not make a statement they're getting attacked. And I don't know how many companies at this point are strong enough to actually stand up and say, screw you. We're not giving in to your demands. We're not giving in to mob rule. I was I was happy to see that the Wall Street Journal just published an op piece today saying they're refusing to cave to the cancel culture because they think that it's important and it is to continue reporting news that is accurate and from both sides of the aisle, if you will. But if you're a company right now and you get, you know, a knock on the door, you get a phone call, you get a tweet from somebody that's like, hey, we're Black Lives Matter. You haven't supported us. What are you doing? What do you do? Yeah, that's a, yeah. I don't, yeah. The noodle gun is uh, strong, I guess, is, is, and that's and yeah, that and it's 
what do you, what do you do? It's like, okay, you, you have to, it's everybody's being forced to take a position on something. And, and I don't like being forced into anything, right? Uh, much less taking a position. I, I, I want to get all the, I want to get all the facts. And again, it's hard to find the facts and you know, who set of facts do you believe? It seems to be that, um, you know, yeah, somebody had, um, you know, they, you know, we'll bring it back to masks for a second is that, that there's science on both sides that says that masks work or masks doesn't work. And it, it's like, okay, there, uh, somebody had shared an article that, that said something along the lines of, well, uh, all those articles that say that uh, there's there's no evidence to support masks. Well, here's a bunch of evidence that says that, that masks are a good thing. And and, it, and, it, and they did no analysis on it. They just they just brought out more evidence. And it's like, OK, well, so there's more. So you've got evidence on your side. Well, it, it, where's the analysis that says that this evidence is better than this other evidence that you've that you've thrown under the bus? Right. right. It's so that's. And yeah, it, it, and it's it's just a yeah, and, and you know people on social media are kind of useful idiots for the for the different sides of the discussion, right? It's a, and 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 it, it's hard, in some of these issues, it's hard for the average person to go read through the studies and, and to understand is this a good study? Is this you know did they uh you know did did they account for the right things? Did they isolate that one variable versus all the other variables that are going to be changing? So, um, but. Uh, you know, and, and to me, I don't know, this is again, with you can say this about a lot of things, not just masks. It's, it's you know, you, and, and on, you know, on, on any number of issues, you can find evidence. You know, we have access to all kinds of information now. Problem is, we don't know how good that information is. Right. And we can't exactly just because it came from Harvard or or Yale or, you know, someplace that, that has a name that we, uh, you know, that we understand. Right. Or that we that we, or we at least know who it is and kind of go, OK, well, they, they you know, yeah. Well, yeah, but Harvard most people don't even verify the, yeah. the source. So if some if I post on Twitter today, well, there's a Harvard study saying masks don't work. I think 95 percent of the people just run with it. There actually was a Harvard study that said that rather than, oh, this guy just made it up. Yeah. And that's and and yeah. And that's and again, you read through some of the stuff and you just kind of go like, wow, or like there was a study a while back that said, oh, yeah, well, hydroxychloroquine doesn't actually um, it doesn't doesn't actually work. Well, you gave it to a bunch of people that already had a bunch of other conditions and you gave it to them late. Right. So it's like, OK, well, that that's a useless study, because if you think you got COVID-19, take the hydroxychloroquine like immediately and then you might feel better. But, uh, you know, and if you're and if you're reasonably healthy, it's probably not going to hurt you. But, yeah, if you're if you're over, if you're over 65, you're overweight, you're type two diabetic, you got you got uh, hypertension, you got all these other things. Yeah. Hydroxychloroquine may not do much for you because you got a bunch of other issues going on. And so you just kind of read through some of these studies and you just kind of go. What are these people thinking? It's like, okay, well, just because it was a study doesn't necessarily mean it was a good study. And yeah, so yeah, I think I, I, I one thing I do appreciate about uh, you know the new agenda community is it's it is it's uh, forced me to check my assumptions on a lot of things and and uh, and, and to and to try and look at it and go, okay, to, you know, one side's not not inherently better than the other, right? In terms of uh, in terms of having an argument because they both employ the same tactics to get you to to get you to agree to their position, whatever it is. Uh, so. But you have to have a mind to be able to look at it and go, OK, this is bullcrap. This is not bullcrap. And, and, and you know, and, and, and you see where, the, you know, again, you, who's funding the study? Who's right. uh, who's behind it? Who's you know, what things did you know, what things did they study? What things did they not study? What things did they not tell you? It's it's it, you know, what's with information. Sometimes it's what they don't tell you. That's some, sometimes much more revealing than what they do tell you. And, and, you know, again, the same thing with like, you know, video evidence of things. Right. It's like. What they show you is interesting, but what they don't show you is probably more interesting and provides more context. So because I can take a piece of information and, and, and spin it any way that I want it by by leaving out certain pieces of information that if you saw the pieces of information, you might go, huh, well, that, that, that's 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 not the narrative at all. So, right. Well, uh, no, that's absolutely true. And Bill O'Reilly has been going off on this for the last few weeks when it came to all of these polls 
when it comes to especially the presidential tracking poll. But this was from I pulled from last night. I should have pulled the audio, but I just pulled the transcript from his program. But he was talking about a new poll on cancel culture. And he says, uh, cancel culture. Most Americans don't like the cancel culture. Shocking. But the media likes it. Poll on Politico. They polled 39% Democrats, 34% Republicans. And that, as you said, this is a pet peeve of O'Reilly's that if you want to do a fair poll on any of this stuff, you can get an equal amount of Democrats and Republicans. But okay, there's a five point deficit there for the Republicans. The quote is To what extent do you approve or disapprove of people participating in the cancel culture? Approve 32%, disapprove. 44% don't know 24%. And then this is O'Reilly's comment. Wow. Don't know. Democrat approve 46%. 46% of Democrats approve of the cancel culture. Isn't that nice? 29% disapprove. 24% don't know. Republican. 18% of Republicans approve. Who are they? Is this Mitt Romney's family? Who is this? John Kasich? Who? What Republican, traditional Republican, would approve of the cancel culture, which is a direct attack on the freedom of speech? See, that's why these polls are nonsense. All right. 62 percent Republicans against. I mean, but he's absolutely right that. I mean, I don't I just don't get who can be for when presented with cancel culture, who could be for actually going out and trying to hurt somebody? Because they have a difference of opinion. And this is this is going beyond just you being shadow banned and maybe people not seeing your tweets. This is getting way more serious to people losing their jobs or being doxxed and people showing up on their front lawns. And, you know, there's bad stuff happening. Oh, yeah. Well, wasn't wasn't it Tucker Carlson who who said that, like, somebody at the New York Times is about to dox him and that he'd already been doxed before and had to move because somebody doxed him. And so now and, and you know, now, how do you know? How, now, is all of that true? I don't know. But, uh, you know, we, we can but, uh, you know, we can take him at his word, I guess, that somebody was trying to dox him at, the, at, at CNN uh, or, or the New York Times or one of these places. And, and so, yeah this this can have a serious impact on people and it's like okay yeah it's one thing to have a difference of opinion but to actually go out and hurt somebody that's you know i got a problem with that because because i can i can disagree with people all you want but if you go if you're going out and harming somebody in the process that that's kind of where i draw the line and 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 that's where we you know that's where we have to stand up and say yeah that's not going to work well yeah and alexandria ocasio-cortez just came out with legislation which wanted to force the law enforcement wearing their names and information on their persons while they're out there doing their job. And, you know, this is goes along the line of like, you know, Bemrose when he keeps arguing that, well, you know, the police, they should be able to, you should be able to sue them and they should be held accountable. And it's like, well, then you will have no police. You do understand that. And police officers being doxxed is a very real thing as well. And all of this just leads to one thing, which is a lack of a police presence, which is going to mean more crime. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah, I think, uh, yeah, this whole defund the police thing. And and I, I get that they want to fund other things more, but I think getting rid of the police isn't the solution. Right. Because, yeah. Now, the now the rich douchebags who are who are funding some of these movements to do, to defund the police, they can afford their own private security. Well, you know, right. those of those of us, us 
the citizens, uh, you know, that, that can't afford our own private security. Uh, yeah, we're uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely uh, going to be uh, the, the, the poorer for this. Yeah, that's a, that's another dystopian uh, story called RoboCop that I'm that, that I'm <laughs> sure we've all seen. Yeah. Yeah. We're living in all kinds of dystopian uh, uh, futures right now. Well, and the beauty is you can fund these programs because AOC believes in thought crime. She believes that if you have the right programs in place, you can get it to where people just will never commit crimes. Thus, you won't need the police. Well, here's the beauty of our system here in the United States. You can fund those things right now. And if crime drops by 8000 percent, you know what will get smaller? The budget for the police because they won't be needed. But right now, yeah, they're needed. Yeah, and probably needed more in some places, and and yeah, and then and then you then you've got uh, uh then you've got uh you know uh, mayors like uh Jenny Durpin in uh in Seattle um he, who who was you know basically you know, basically uh you know not allowing the police to do their job and it, and by the way this is it, it, this is before all these protests right because because Seattle's had a homeless problem for for years now and uh, you you drive along I five going going into Seattle and you can see all of these homeless encampments and and. Basically, the you know there there was there was a um there there's a there's a uh, what do you call it a, a documentary called Seattle is Dying that one of the local news stations did a few years ago and it and it talks about how basically the police the, the police have been told not to enforce the law or if they do enforce the law that they're basically going to throw out any you know anything that happens because it doesn't meet whatever criteria and they're you know they're they're not compassionate enough and they're, and they're talking right. about you know affordable housing and all this crap and they're not treating the real problem which is the fact that these people are addicted to drugs and something needs to be done about that but no they're not you know oh affordable housing no let, but, but how about we get them off the drugs and and that's and that's something that's you know they don't actually want to solve the problem they just want to look like they're doing something but again you can you drive up and you you drive up i5 and you can see all the you know all the homeless encampments and and you know businesses are moving out of seattle and because yeah they're they're, the police aren't allowed to do their job well that is uh, and the war on the war on drugs is another thing that was turned into such a binary thing there are people that have problems with drugs that are like you said they're homeless something needs to be done to get them to be able to do the very least of taking care of themselves and being able to provide for themselves it doesn't mean you go out and get all drugs i mean a lot of stoners can do their job and we know a lot of them had a few of them on the show here on grumpy old bens who are very productive people that know how to handle their high kevin smith always talks about that kind of stuff it's like you know as long as you're handling your high you're doing what you have to do you're fine. And of course, Kevin Smith's best friend, Jason Muse, had a huge drug problem. He had to stop all the drugs. So there are people that shouldn't be on drugs at all that need to get cleaned up because this concept in California now with the COVID, where they just put a bunch of these people into hotels and are providing them with drugs and alcohol because that's what they need to get their fix is really a disgusting thing when they could be helping rather than just providing them with their vices yeah but but i think if you take it in the context of maintaining the class structure that that, well, that yeah. exists in society then that sounds completely reasonable <laughs> i mean i don't agree with that with with that approach but if, if you look at it in the context of yeah we need to we need to keep these people down uh yeah pro- uh, providing them their their necessities to maintain that uh uh that seems to it seems to fall right in line with that and and you and you look at it in that context, it, it makes nothing but sense that they're doing that. Now, is it, is it good for these people? No, but that, you know they don't care about that. They just want to stay in power. Well, yeah, and it is an economic thing, and it's really not a race thing. But that's why pushing the race stuff is vital 
for what the narrative being pushed is. And this was something I had uh, I had bitched about this a few weeks ago. And this was just because somebody over in the No Agenda Social, which is way better than Twitter, noagendasocial.com. If you want to get an invite there, go to the troll room, as we call it, noagendastream.com and get an invite to No Agenda Social. This The troll room is also where you want to be 11 a.m. Central on Fridays and also now kind of Mondays, it seems, while we're doing these shows live to take part in all of the fun. But I think it was a truck driver, a buddy over there, posted a link to me and said, hey, go go look at this and see if you notice anything wrong with this article. And it was a Reuters article, and it was talking about the riots and stuff like that. And it talked multiple times about black rioters and then white people and black and white was used multiple times in the article. And every time black was used, it was capitalized. Every time white was used, it wasn't. Well, the AP just came out with an art, uh, a statement. This was an article over at AP News that they will now capitalize black, but not white. So that's going to be the AP. This is their new standard is to capitalize the word black, but not the word white. And I want to know how that isn't the epitome of racism. Well, yeah, I think I think even it, it seems to me that, uh, you know, again, this is if you're if you're not listening to the MoFact show, you should, uh, because that, that's that's been a great conversation and deconstruction of the issues of racism in, 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 in America. Uh, but uh, it seems to me even pointing out race could potentially be considered racist. Right. It dep- you know, it's, it's like, OK, why is it OK if I point out the race in one case, but not the other? Right. And that's that's where it gets. You know, so it's like, again, you get into the double think of, of OK, well, it, you know, it's, it's OK if I mention somebody's black, but if I mention somebody's white, that seems to be racist or white supremacist or whatever. It's like, OK, this is this, this doesn't it makes no sense. Just be be consistent. And yeah, they, the well, only thing that you can consistently believe, you know, think about some of the, some of these people is that they're consistently inconsistent. <laughs> that is that is absolutely true. But let me let you know what the AP said its reasoning was. And I want to know what you think of this. The AP said that they'll be capitalizing black, but not white, because, quote, white people in general have much less shared history and culture and don't have the experience of being discriminated against because of skin color. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) Okay, so I I, I listened. So I was listening to a podcast yesterday on my walk. It was uh, Hidden Brain. It's an NPR podcast. I think it's probably the only NPR podcast I listened to. And it was it was about uh, an author who had written a story from the um, based on her own personal experience. And and originally, the story was going to be an an Asian an an Asian woman who grew up with, you know, in, in, you know, um, like in the era of the Vietnam War or something that uh, uh, was uh, in, in some of the experiences that she had. And 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 because she was white, right? They, they, you know, so there, there was pressure. This is this goes this goes back a few years. They, 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 they she was basically felt the the, the pressure. The, 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 you know, all the authors, right? It's like, okay, because she's white, she can't write about the experience of being Asian, right? Right. Uh, or, or it, it's, it's, it's like, it's like just because you are X, right? And then, and then, and then, you know, one of the, one of the, you know, one of the guys that they did interviewed on that show was like. How far down this rabbit hole can you go, right? Because okay, maybe she, you know, um, you know, maybe she's, uh, you know, or you know, she's from the north and writing about living in the south. For and that, that was one of the, I think that was one of the examples. Or also like, okay, maybe she's a lesbian, or maybe she's, you know, maybe she's born in a, you know, different country or something. It's like, how deep down this rabbit hole can you go? It's like, just because I didn't have that exact experience, does it mean I can't write a piece of 
fiction right that, that about it's, so it's like okay how, and and and, it, and it's it's like okay and if i and if i write that i'm a white you know that's as, as, as a you know as a, a white male right if i if i write an experience of a white male is that racist i don't know i mean it's like where how far down this rabbit hole can you go uh it's and i think I think I can, you know, there, there's things that, okay, there's certain experiences, right? For example, I mean, I can't, I can't deny any of the experiences that, you know, that Mo has had, for example, about being black because yeah, I'm a, I'm a white guy, right? I, but I can understand his point of view, right? I can, I can even appreciate his point of view and I can even probably articulate his point of view. But if I do it all of a sudden, even though, even if it was the same point of view that he would, he, he himself would articulate, I could be considered racist. So like, what the hell? Well, it's interesting because again, Everything's about being divisive. And the thing I took from episode 43 of MoFax, which was entitled Black Ink Inc., I believe, which was really I was I made a comment the other day. I'm like, this is really a master's level course. I'm like, oh, wait, that sounds racist. A master's level course in racism. But it really is. Mo does an absolutely fantastic job. I mean, and I like the fact that Adam says he's never actually seen Mo. So it, we've, as far as we know, Mo could be a Asian female. We don't know. We, we really don't, which is great, which is how the world should be. You should be judged upon what you're saying and what's in your head, in your brain and what your ideals are rather than anything else. But when Mo made the statement that if he was forced to, because they were having a whole discussion on Black Lives Matter, basically using the black man as cannon fodder, that the, again, Black Lives Matter run by three Marxist women. And the guys are just kind of the ones sent out there to die and to loot and to do all this other stuff to push the cause. But they're very much against the patriarchy. That's one of the things listed on the Black Lives Matter website. Got to get rid of the patriarchy. That's bad. Well, that means, you know, the fathers and the, the you know, the dads. And uh, I don't know how these guys that are a part of this are are putting up with this. But Mo made it a very clear, a state, very clear statement saying, you know, if I had to look at myself. And decide whether I'm more black or I'm more man. I'm going man, not oh, black. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that's and yeah, it's it's a you know it, it's a, it's a skin color. Now, by the way, you can you know you can change your skin color right because you stand you, you yeah, stay out in the sun long enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's surgery for that. Exactly. Right. Uh, so then that, that could, so I think and, and I you know this is and I like I like the statement that Adam Curry made about how, how you know how dare you you know assume that I'm white right or use your use your privilege to assume I'm white and that's that I identify know. as white exactly well it's identify yeah i forget the exact quote i put it in no agenda quotes i i just i yeah i should have i should have had that on the ready um but uh that and that's a yeah i it, it i i i don't know my mind just kind of goes it, it, it's it's crazy how deep this rabbit hole and it, and it is all about seeming to keep us divided and, and, and bickering and and not seeing what's really going on in the world which is uh you know a, a lot of a lot of shady crap that is uh uh, you know, there to, uh, to, yeah, to, to, to keep us down. Right. It's, and so, you know, is it, is it the man, is it the, um, you know, is it George Soros and his crew? Is it somebody above George Soros? It's you know, who knows, right. It's a, and is it relevant? No, but we have to be aware that this is going on and, and, and do what we can to resist. Um, you know, that's what we really need to resist is all of the media mind control that, 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 that is out there. And, and, uh, you know, so we, yeah, you know, we have to, uh, uh, you know, sh show our allegiance to our to our local communities. Uh, you know, not 
and I, and I'm using the term locally, both in the, in the physical sense and maybe in the, in the virtual sense of things like no agenda social, right. That, that are, that are smaller and not controlled by uh, the, you know, the, the, the globalist elite or some, or, or some faction thereof um, that, that that's, that's how we resist this and, and how we, you know, and, and how we beat this stuff back is, is, I don't think we can, the system's not going to work for us. The system's, yeah, against individualism, I think at, at this point, um, it seems to that that's the way things are going, and so we have to, you know, we have to we have to stand up for ourselves individually and uh, and collectively, I dare say, but um, and, and and beat this stuff back, and and and, uh, and that's you know, I I don't know if we're at that point of no return yet, where you know society is going to undergo change, but I you know I remember thinking years ago, it's like God, how long can this go on before we all just raise up and go right like fuck this right I, I'm, we're done right and then you know that's you know and, and, and start exercising our second amendment rights and in and, and that's you know why it exists right it's to, it's to uh it's to enforce the first amendment and also to ensure that all the rights that are that are stated in the constitution that we uh, we maintain those <laughs> yeah well again it's all about divisiveness it's man versus woman it's white versus black it's police versus non-police it's poor versus rich and when you are divided that's when you have a problem and I don't remember hearing stuff like the clips Mo was playing of Malcolm X, which, you know, as a suburban white guy, you mainly just heard that this was uh, he was the radical guy who was all for violence. And, you know, he was the antithesis of Martin Luther King, but he really didn't start there. And hearing some of these clips from Malcolm X saying, you know, what we really need is to be able to get the black man and the white man together to sit down at a table to have an honest discussion. And that is as true today as it ever has been. Rather than listening to these assholes in the media who want to tell you, you know, the white man or the Trump voter is this or wants to tell you that the black guy is this, it's all bullcrap. And we have way more in common. And if we would just, I mean, it's interesting, as you pointed out, we have the ability to communicate with people across the world instantaneously, but we're still buying into what the gatekeepers are telling us. Absolutely. And, and yeah, that, and that's, and we, you know, we got to stop doing that. And it's, it's why I, uh, you know, unfortunately I can't completely escape the corporate social media because uh, well, it's part of my day job. Uh, but uh, it, it is uh, in general, I think it, we, we need to, we need to foster these communities of people that and, and we, we may just, you know, and I think even, and even on no agenda social, we disagree on a lot of stuff, right? We, we can do it respectfully and have a, and, 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 you know, our amygdalas are nice and small and, and we're, you know, we, we can, we can, we can do that, but it's, you know, it's, it's hard to have those discussions out in the, out in the open and public because yeah, ever, because yeah, it's like the, it's like the reason I wear a mask is not because I think it's going to necessarily do anything. I, I'm pretty sure it's not going to do anything or if it's, uh, you know, but it, but it, uh, it it allows it allows me to go through, you know, the go through the world and people leave me the fuck alone. It's, it's the way I the way I like to say it. And and uh, yeah, it's, I'm not I'm not real big on wearing masks. And, and, I, and I know not everybody is, but this is and, you know, I, feel like I, I, went, I took my wife's car in to get repaired the other day and. And I walked in wearing a mask, not because I wanted to wear a mask, but I, and I, and I noticed when the guy came in, you know, from the, from the, from the, uh, you know, from the garage, he, he wasn't wearing a mask. I said, so, uh, you got, you know, you guys wearing masks. He says, well, you can do what you want. I said, okay, <laughs> which, <laughs> beautiful which is thing. fine. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's the way it should be. It's like, and the only reason I, yeah, the only reason I wanted to wear a mask is in case somebody walked in and somebody else walked in that was wearing a mask. So like, okay, it's just, it's so. Yeah, but I, I minimize the amount of time I have to wear a mask and then I, you know, then I go on and do my thing. It's it's, uh, you know, and, and, and now uh, Jay fucking Inslee wants us to wear a mask in more places. And and uh, yeah, it's I'm 
I just avoid people. It's, you know, and that's, and that's, and, and again, that's, I think this, this, uh, you know, this all, all this whole quarantining thing is really about dividing people. And oh, by the way, you catch the disease, you can uh, spread the disease much more the, the more you're inside, right? It's actually the way, the way you, if you want to prevent this, the disease from spreading, we should all be outside. And, you know, fortunately in the, uh, in, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, uh, I, I'm not as bad as Bemrose in that I, that, you know, I'm, I, I, I'd like when the sun is out, uh, um, there's a reason I like to travel so much. It's to get away from this, uh, this, this place in, in November and December when it, it's a, it's a rainy and cold and, and, uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but I think being outside is, is one of the ways we can, uh, limit the spread of this, but, uh, no, they want us to stay inside because, uh, you know, because of shut up's life. Well, yeah. And again, a, one of these fear headlines, and I'll just read you the headline that was on drudge virus can jump 26 feet. I mean, that's ominous, isn't it? Oh yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm laughing at Dame Bremers who says God Emperor Jay fucking Inslee can go blow a goat. Yes, I, I'm, 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 I'm all about that. He's definitely in the running for best governor of the year. There's no doubt about it. You should buy him. A, you should buy him a mug that says best governor. But the <laughs> the reality of that story was for the virus jumping 26 feet. It was a um, then Drudge linked to MSN, which is, looks like a Bloomberg story, which says. Virus can travel 26 feet at cold meat plants with stale air. Well, you know, that's a different environment than where people are out and about, you know, unless they're actually in. This was uh, at a German slaughterhouse. And this was one of the things that was talked about immediately with the meat packing was the temperature is low enough. The humidity level is right in the area where it makes it way easier for the virus to spread in the air. That's not well, the reality of everybody's daily life. But just seeing the Drudge report, if you just looked at the main page of Drudge, all you saw was virus can jump 26 feet. Then you click off and you, all you remember is, oh, no, that's six feet bullshit, which it is. But 26 feet, uh, probably an exaggeration. Well, that's that's actually another thing that's, that, that, that COVID has made very obvious is that that our, that our food system is actually very, fairly fragile, right? Because it's all been centralized into the hands of a, of a, of a few different companies, right? So meat processing is, you know, I think four companies um, process what 95% of the meat in this country or something. But, but the reality is, is that all the meat comes from these local farms, right? That are, that are, you know, dotted throughout the, the, the country and the world. And the way that things are set up is that these, lo- that these local farmers basically have to go through like some large processor in order to be able to, to do something with their animals. Right. And, and, you know, if these, uh, if, if the laws were such or things were set up so that the, uh, you know, the, the processing plants could handle stuff directly from these different farms or whatever. And, you know, maybe go into some sort of a central distribution to go to grocery stores or whatever. Um, the, the food system would be much more resilient. Right. And you would actually you'd actually have a much more diverse uh, set of, uh, you know, set, uh, a set of meat. Right. So if something happens at one, you know, one of these meat plants, right, that that uh, that, uh, that the capacity of the entire country is not shut down or limited because because of something that happened at one of these plants. It's like there needs to be, you know, uh, you know, the food distribution should be local. Right. And, you know, the kinds of food that you get at different times of the year should be, you know, more localized. Um, and, uh, you know, that's not the, uh, that's sadly not the case, right. Everything's all, all kind of centralized and, and that's, a, that's a problem. And it's, a, and I think that, um, you know, again, it's all part of that central control thing, right? It's, it's that we can, we can control what the slaves can eat if we, if we process the food centrally and, you know, and, and, you know, and, and put it in the factory. Whereas if, if, if the slaves grow their own food, then, uh, yeah, we can't control that now, can we? And, and so right. that's a, 
Uh, and yeah, that's a, and and by the way, it's actually much healthier to have a you know sort of more locally based diet, right? You know, eat something that you know eat eat the meat that actually comes from a farm that's not too far from you, um, you know, or having or, or or even honey, right? Which is not something that's um, you know as some as somebody who's recovered from type two diabetes, I I don't eat a lot of honey, but um, the uh, but I see some value in potentially eating some local some honey from you know with you know somewhere in Washington State or whatever because guess what? There's a there's a you know the the bees are you know are are um, you know are gathering pollen from all these different plants that are all over the place, and some of which are you know some of which uh, I'm probably allergic to because I do because I do have allergies a little bit still, and uh, and yeah, if, if I ingest a little bit of that, yeah, I get I, I I get some of that pollen into my system, and it's kind of like a it's kind of like a vaccine, right? It's like okay, if I ingest some of that, my body will realize that the stuff you know will recognize the stuff and 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 mount to def- you know and build the antibodies to resist it. And no, you know, so, no, and so, no, big pharma says take a pill. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of all of the big pharma that I have in my life because because that's and yeah, I, yeah. I actually I'm fine. I think I'm finally weaned off of uh, blood pressure medication, which is something that the uh, yeah, because because I because I didn't think I don't. At a certain point, I think that medication stops working, but they they tell you, oh, you can't actually jump off the medication. Well, uh, I did that the first time, and <laughs> um, you know, and it was fine. So I it's just, it beca- and and guess what? My I was monitoring my blood pressure. It didn't go down. So at some point, I think the medicine just stops working. And actually, oh, by the way, that's a whole actually pharma is a whole nother thing. Right. So so all of these uh, generic drugs, um, you, you think the FDA or the, you know, the, the, you know, whatever would be looking at all these all the drugs that we're ingesting. No, they're not really right. They're doing these spot checks on, right. uh, you know, on, on things and they're being manufactured in, you know, in, 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 in third India, world countries China. in some cases. And yeah, China or whatever that in and, you know, it. You basically they basically have to get, you know, point, you know, and 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 you and you start again looking into the testing that they do because, you know, the FDA is is under, you know, understaffed or whatever. So they go in and basically review the data that these companies probably falsified in some way, shape or form. And in fact, in many cases, they've done exactly that. And so you're, the whole system's kind of based on trust. And so do you know where these drugs are coming from? Well, you don't really know where they're coming from. And oh, by the way, they're, you know, they're 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 a best price. Right. So they're so they're so when you go down to your local pharmacy and you and you get a. Uh, and you get a drug they might in one you know one case it might be from one manufacturer and then the next time you refill it might be something else right yeah, and they so, look totally and, different it's great yeah, yeah and you don't know if it's the qualities there right so you don't so you know i'm kind of of the opinion that okay so and then and then some of these uh formulations that they do are you know okay so it's a chemically equivalent but the way that they manufacture them is, is isn't it done in such a way that uh that it might be harmful right you hope that there's no impact of these drugs but in some cases it's uh you know that it, it's uh, it's harmful and there's been cases where that's been where that's happened and there's been you know th- there's lots of graft and corruption and all kinds of things where they they, they eventually yeah, you know, in, in some cases they've had to recall, you know, generic drugs. So really, and and by the way, your over-the-counter drugs aren't any better, right? Because again, they're all manuf- they're, they're all manufactured well, at the same place, and they're probably even worse, right? It's so, um, you know, they they do occasionally spot check things, but they're but they're not pulling the product off the shelf and and taking it into a um you know into a uh, lab to go verify. Yeah, it really is that what 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 it says on the tin, right? Right. Uh, you have so, to really trust the company. You have to really trust the company, and and yeah, we're taking all of these substances that that potentially uh, that you know w- again not well researched. Uh, you know, statins. Uh, I talk about statins. It's like a, they they basically you know they they only tell you about the, st- the 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 trials that were successful. They don't tell you about all the trials that weren't successful. Uh, right. And uh, you know, yeah. So that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Oh, so actually, here here's a here's a here's a great conspiracy theory. So um, we talk about the heart health uh, hypothesis, right? And so this is so. You can trace this back to Ansel Keys. 
and they did all they and basically they you know they they he, he cherry picked some data to, to to support this theory but if you put if you look at all the data that he actually gathered it doesn't support the theory at all and then they did they tried to do some other studies to 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 basically prove it and you know, they didn't publish the studies because, well, they didn't support their findings. So, you know, they did all you know, they spent millions of dollars and and, you know, and in fact, they found the, you know, that I forget, was it the Minnesota Heart Health Study or whatever? And they, you know, they, you know, they did some pretty unethical things to do some of the stuff because they, they I think they experimented on people and, you know, I don't know, in in, uh, in mental institutions or something like that. And 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 and, uh, and they and they had they collected all this data, but they never published it. And it was like it was like in somebody's basement somewhere and they found it fairly recently so this this was a study done back in the late 60s or early 70s and they found they found all these tapes a few years ago and, and they pulled out the data and they realized that yeah that really really doesn't uh that this diet heart health hypothesis is bullshit it's just there's no the data just doesn't support it and and yeah and that's what happens with a lot of these medical studies and so we're so we're we're doing you know we're ingesting chemicals that do god knows what to our system right because because the truth is the truth is never studied right it's uh you know if 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 they find something that disagrees with their uh their 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 belief or their hope then they they don't publish it and that's that's a problem right and so we're just, and and we're ingesting all of this stuff at random and oh by the way our food system's full of this crap you know oh, yeah. like uh you know it's you know all the artificial sugars the the seed oils that's a whole nother discussion right it's like it's it's like it's we don't all of these things are having a bad impact on us and we really gotta just like just get rid of the crap and it's really hard to get rid of the crap because the food even if you were to grow things and you know or make things in the in the right way it's it's you know we're, we've we've degraded everything so much that it's just not going to be it's not going to be the same quality the same nutrient density and all of this other stuff and it's 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 no wonder that we're all sick and not getting better and so i'm yeah so my goal is to get rid of all of the pharmaceuticals whatsoever and even supplements i don't think you know again i think most of that stuff's crap too but for the same reasons because there's there's even less oversight on some of that stuff so um so you want to get to a point where you're you're getting all your nutrition from from locally sourced food if you can it's you know it's hard to do that in in today's modern economy oh you have to work hard and you have to work hard at it but of course they don't want you to do that and they they make it hard to do that and it's like okay try to get uh you know try to get milk that is uh, unpasteurized for instance right and good luck with that i mean that's a whole other well even try discussion. to get the information if you walk into your average grocery store they have a bunch of steaks sitting there they're probably not going to tell you where they came from i mean they'll have a grade on them whether they're prime or whatever but they're not going to tell you where they came from which was the first time I ordered from because the whole COVID thing started, it was like, oh, meat's going to be hard to get. So uh, there was a, you know, a butcher around here who normally was producing stuff for restaurants who all of a sudden was going, yeah, you know what? We really need to start worrying about individuals right now because this is where we're going to need to move product. And I was intrigued by the fact that they had we ordered a bunch of strip steaks and they had your choice prime and they had Chicago. And I look, what's this? The Chicago ones all to be classified there had to be raised within like 200 and something miles of Chicago. So, you know, there's stuff that came from the local area. So I ordered those and it was really good stuff, but your average grocery store doesn't have the information. You go and you pick up something, you know, even something that should be fairly simple, like, okay, I'm going to pick up, you know, just say macaroni and cheese. And you look at the chemicals that are in this stuff and it's like, holy crap, the, healthiest thing you can do is hard because that is buy as many one ingredient items as you can so buy chicken buy vegetables buy potatoes buy whatever it is you're eating but buy just stuff that's not processed 
and make it yourself. But the convenience yeah. factor is gone then. Yeah, exactly. And that's and yeah, and, I'm, and this this is, you know, part of my own health journey has been to really get to that point, right, where I'm eating single ingredient foods that I that I assemble myself. Right. And, and granted, I eat a lot of the same thing all the time. So it's not, uh, uh, you know, and I, I know where some of the stuff comes from. I don't know where the other stuff comes from, but it's single ingredient stuff like hamburger. Right. It's like, OK, well, yeah, could I could I do better in, in sourcing my meat? Probably. Uh well, but, that- uh, you know, start, but start with single sort, you know, single source items and, 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 you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm not, a, I, I don't eat a lot of vegetation, although right now, uh, it's cherry season, uh, in, in Washington state. So there's lots of, you know, we, you know, my wife bought 20 pounds of cherries from a, you know, from, from somebody that, uh, um, that we know that, uh, you know, I guess they imported, you know, they brought them over from central Washington or whatever. And, and yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of agriculture in Washington state. It's and, and yeah, so that you can, but, but that, and, and, and by the way, that's also in certain seasons, right? Cause it's, and that, it's, it's kind of amazing that you can get strawberries from anywhere in the world. It seems like a, you know, any time of the year and, you know, and it's I know magic. that strawberries only grow, you know, it's like around here. So I've got a small patch of, of strawberries in my, um, you know, along my driveway and, and which, which has uh, gotten smaller over the years, but, uh, but those grow in, you know, like in, you know, you, I, can, I can pick berries in like, you know, late June, early July. Right. So there's, a, and, and that's, a, so they last about a month. Right. And by the way, those strawberries are awesome. Right. They're just, you know, and I, I, I mean, I used to pick them by the, you know, by the um, barrel, but I've got less of them because I haven't really maintained them, but um you know, and, and so there, there are certain things that are that are that grow in certain parts of the you know the year, and it's and that's when you're supposed to eat those things. The fact that you can get you know the the fact that we can all eat you know fruit at the hu- you know pretending like it's the height of summer, even when it's uh you know rainy and cold, and which is I guess a lot of times in Washington State, but um, sometimes it's more rainy and cold than others, and and so that it, but uh, you know the fact that I can get fruit at any time of the year, I don't know that that we're we're not necessarily designed to do that. You know, we're there, I think we're designed to seasonally yeah. eat certain things that are available. So there's so certain. You know, certain fruits and vegetables are available. And when that stuff goes away, then we probably shouldn't be eating that anymore because, you know, because our bodies are, you know, so we're we're eating like it's in summer. Right. When what's in the middle of winter and that's, you know, we, you, you know, I think we historically ate very differently in those different times of the year. And that's so. Well, it's like know, consuming uh, the artificial sugar and your body goes sugar. And then it's even though there's no calories, it's kicking in the same response because. Oh, yeah. So in, insulin probably goes up in a lot of cases. Right. It's the same. Yeah. So it's and, the same and that's thing. not. Yeah, exactly. It's so. It's the same thing. And oh, by the way, it's like when you, and when you get off of the sugar train and you have something sweet, there's something that's naturally sweet, right? You really taste the difference. And, and so, you know, I, yeah, so I don't have, uh, you know, I don't have artificial sugar very often. And, and I find, and I find that certain artificial sugars actually send me to the bathroom and, and it's, uh, you know, it's <laughs> um, a bonus. That's yeah, a, exactly. A- so I, and that's the thing I've gotten to a point now where I can tell through what comes out the other end, right? How I've been eating. Because if it because if it comes out, you know, if it comes out solid, then I'm probably doing a good job. If it comes out, well, you know, less than solid, then maybe I should adjust what I've been eating. And it, and it, and it happens right. It happens almost immediately. It's not even a. Um, and that's because, yeah, you're, there's there's, you know, I don't know, there's gut biome stuff that's happening. And, and so, uh, you know, the, it's uh, if, 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 you, if, if you're regular, then, you know, you don't necessarily need to have all, you know, that the, all, you know, all these supplements or whatever things that are happening. So it's a. Um, yeah, and people think this is normal. It's not normal. It's, it's, uh, you know, we, I think we, I think we've, uh, we've been conditioned to think that all this stuff's, you know, just part of getting older or whatever. And, um, you know, and I don't think that's the case at all. I think, you know, we're, I think we're meant to live for, you know, as long as possible and then, you know, fall off a cliff and die. Right. It's kind of, the, you know, that, 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 right. well, and as is, you get older, there's be- no doubt you need to start taking things a little bit more seriously, but you mentioned having, you know, a burger ground beef. And I heard a fact 
and if this is true, I didn't fact check this myself, but I heard about this on a podcast that I just added to the No Agenda stream. Well, Bemrose was away. Well, Bemrose is away. We will play. Um, but Adam talked about it, maybe even played a little clip of the guy with his 10 year old daughter. And it's called Fun Fact Friday. And they were talking about food on this most recent episode. And do you know how many? Not, I mean, granted, it depends on where you're getting your beef source from. But if you are making a burger out of ground beef you bought at a grocery store, do you know how many different cows, maybe pieces of those cows might be in one burger? Like how many different cows might have been slaughtered and are there's a bit of each different cow in that burger? It was It's probably 33, right? <laughs> that would be nice. But it was like up to a thousand. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's 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 freaking me out a little bit. Oh yeah, that's and yeah, because you don't know, right? Because it's all because it's coming from all these different farms. It's going in one place, and and you know how do you know you're and 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 yeah, how do you know the quality of the meat? If I you know, I think I, I think if you if you I, th- I think you have a different respect for the the the, the food that you're eating because um and I don't care what the vegans say, like all your nourishment is coming from things that have died. Right. Yeah. Why is a you know why is a cow more important than um you know I don't know corn or whatever you know or or you know or or, or broccoli or whatever right why why is that why is that more important in the grand scheme of things because ultimately something died no by the way to harvest some of that stuff at industrial scale there's going to be animals that died right but you don't see those animals and so you don't you don't think about those animals and so that's a that's a whole other narrative and so but and I think. You know, and there's some people that do better on a on a you know on a on a more carnivorous diet, and some people do more better on a on a on a vegetarian diet. And there's a there's a spectrum in there of where you can be. But I think where they all have in and what they what all good diets have in common is that you're that you're not eating processed crap that that that, that came from a factory, right? And, and it's and um you know and, and you might again you might have to adjust depending upon where you are and your you know and your in your health journey and think you know because because you can eat you can eat a certain way for a long time and then all of a sudden it stops working then you got to go okay well what 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 you know something slipped in or whatever that I that, that I didn't think about and and okay so you you're always fine tuning things but uh, um you know people don't do that self-experimentation it's like yeah the whole like the dietary guidelines are a whole other thing it's like they're they they have the dietary guidelines have really caused all kinds of problems since uh, since they came into existence in 1980 coming again getting coming back to ansel keys um they uh they came up with these guidelines and 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 it was uh you know okay we should we should reduce saturated fat we should uh um you know and 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 reduce sugar but oh oh but or or reduce fat but when you remove fat from food guess what the only there's really only two macronutrients that um that uh you get energy from it's either protein or or uh or or it's uh, carbohydrates right so if you get rid of one you got to put the other in right and right. so and if you if you get rid of all the fat then you got rid of the taste and now you so you, you enhance the taste by adding sugar and so they've you know they've added uh, you know sugar to things because yeah if you you know you ate some of those like the original you know, some of those diet you know things that came out initially they tasted like cardboard and so they added more sugar to it and then all of a sudden oh, don't wow, forget we had, the alestra oh the alestra well yeah that's yeah it's, yeah that that'll send you to the bathroom real fast right it's <laughs> that's uh, yeah but yeah so but the, the, the whole food system is yeah and then they realize that they sell more of this stuff and so of course they add more to it oh by the way that's a, so you know and, and um but they, you know, they, every five years they, they change, they, they, you know, they, they have a committee that meets to, 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 to change the dietary guidelines. And there's been this, uh, you know, there, there are people that are trying to get them to change the dietary guidelines because they clearly like when these dietary guidelines came into place, you can see the obesity in this country just gone straight up. Right. It's, it's, you know, I know correlation is not causation, but it's don't pretty trust, obvious, right? Yeah, don't trust yeah. the food pyramid. 
Yeah, exactly. The, the, in fact, if you invert the food pyramid, that might be closer to what you should eat, right? <laughs> it's, 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 and that's not perfect, but it's a, but yeah, and, and actually one of the low carb groups actually does that. They, they, they flip the food pyramid on its head and that's, it's a, that's, that's their, uh, that's their logo. But, uh, uh, yeah, now they have the audacity to say, well, the, the, you know, the, 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 the dietary guidelines are really only for people that are metabolically healthy. Well, guess how much of the of the population is metabolically unhealthy? Most it's close to ninety percent. Yes, yeah. it's 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 eighty eight percent. So there's there's, That's there's the joke. several markers. Yeah, and so it's like okay, so why are you putting these guidelines? But you know, it's like they can't. They also can't really just like go say, oh, we uh, we uh, you know we messed up, right? They, so they have to slowly back out of the room, right? Because they can't admit they were wrong about all this stuff. I would like, you know, there's you know, hubris in there, right? So that, that's they, a, that's a whole other issue, and that's and that's okay. Well. What you, so, yeah, so they're not willing to change the guidelines and they're not even willing to look at the evidence, really, and, 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 and analyze the evidence properly to say, yeah, maybe this helps. Maybe this is better. Yeah. Speaking it, there and speaking of people that can't admit yeah. they're wrong, Ryan is in the troll room and he telegraphed this joke because he came in and said, get this hack off my show. He has no idea what he's talking about. I swear you give a dude a microphone and he thinks he's a podcaster. And then, of course, he follows that up with. Stop feeding Darren's delusion of podcasting. <laughs> See, we saw yeah, that. I'm not coming. paid enough attention to the troll room, I guess. But, uh, but yes, of course. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, th- I think we both have gr- delusions of grandeur. So, um, <laughs> hey, if you don't have those, what kind of delusion should you have? Yeah, exactly. Hey, I podcast for part of my day job, so uh, so I guess that makes me a professional podcaster. Or you know, anyway, <laughs> I think so. I want to the, the whole the whole marketing thing right now is very weird. Because how do you market in the time of COVID and the time of Black Lives Matter without offending somebody? I mean, at this point, can you do anything with uh, that can actually promote a product but isn't going to be pointed to? It's going to either be pandering or it's going to be Satan. I mean, I don't know what it is. Well, yeah, and and, and then actually, yeah. This is, so the, the 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 thing that's changing with with uh, you know that, that I'm seeing in the in the messaging, and this is not ju- this is not just my company that, that that is doing this, but a lot of other companies. It's you know now we have this new normal, right? That's what they you know that's what they're calling it. The so new new quite, normal. Yeah, the new new normal, right? And so it's uh you know and it's because it's like okay, and and yes, uh, COVID nineteen has been uh, part of everybody's marketing message, and it's like okay, well. And so you're walking a fine line. It's like, okay, well, and, and you always try to tie your product or service to the, uh, the, the message that, you know, there, that, you know, the, the current narrative, whatever it is. And so, and, and, and yeah, and so it's like, and you have to walk a fine line, like, okay, cause you got, cause you don't want to offend anybody by any stretch of the imagination. So it's like, you have, so how do you do that without being you know, over the top or ridiculous or whatever? And it's in, in, yeah, people in, 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 you know, and organizations go, you know, go, go different directions with it. And, and so it's, yeah, how do you do that? And I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you do that, but it's a, it's a, it, and yeah, because you, because it seems like no matter what you say, you're going to offend somebody, and right. so you kind of have to accept that you have to accept a certain amount of that. I think with any, uh, with any message that's out there, the question is, do you offend enough that it, uh, that it, that it moves the needle and causes a, uh, uh, you know, people to riot and and you know and can and want to and want to cancel your brand, whatever. Well, it is. yeah, that's again, it's the cancel culture. Rogan's even falling into this, which I doubt he cares because he's got his million dollar deal or whatever it is, multi million dollar deal. Uh, Men's Health did a hit piece on him that uh, the headline was Rogan is spreading transphobic hate speech and it's putting lives in danger. And their uh, and their tweet about this was Rogan has a history of platforming divisive voices. He's actively fanning the flames of hate. So now this is interesting, you know, like deep platforming. Now, I've never heard that used for 
platforming someone, you know, giving somebody a chance to speak. I guess it makes sense. But, you know, now this is what you get to when you speak to somebody then that has an idea that people don't like. You see, they don't even want you to have the conversation with somebody that will say something they don't like. I mean, I don't get that because you, again, never move forward. Well, and I think, but again, that's the whole point, right? Is that it, right. it's 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 to stop all progress, so that uh, we we don't we don't lose our grip on power, and that and that that is increasingly what it's about. And so, yeah, you, we say we live in the world of 1984. That's you know that's where it seems like it's going, and that's and that's yeah, that's that's dangerous, and that's we have to resist that at, at, at you know at every at every turn, and you know so things, uh, yeah, I just I I can't I can't see that being a good thing because because. I think there needs to be some, I think, you know, I think we all benefit from, from progress. We also can potentially be harmed by progress. And so it's not, we shouldn't do progress for progress's sake, but we should be, uh, you know, we should not be in control of a system or, 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 or pledge our allegiance to a system. We should, you know, we should pledge our allegiance to our families and our, in our communities and, and uh, you know, and then we, we can, uh, you know, we can uh, together decide, uh, you know, not, not in a communist way, but in a, you know, a, you know it's on a one-on-one -on -one way because it's, yeah. Cause yeah, most, like the communist socialist systems are still, you know, still decided by the thugs in charge, right? It, well, it, yeah, it, it, because yeah. The, that's I mean, the, the story they're telling is, well, every voice should be heard. And I can agree with that. But there comes a point if you have I mean, they're separating this by color, but you can separate it by anything. I mean, if you take 100 percent of your population and find out that three percent wants to do whatever crazy thing it is. The other 97% shouldn't have to bow down to that 3%. That's just, you know, sadly not the case, but that's what they're using, which is you see the, you know, in this case, let's just say the black demographic wants reparations. And of course, whitey don't want to give it to them. So they're bad. It's like, well, no, it just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And, and, and yeah, because again, you can. So it's like the, the, the definition of white has changed because there's lots of uh, there, there's lots of uh, immigrants from different parts of the world that have come to America and they were and they were treated like uh, you know, treated badly. Right. Before before. Uh, yeah. You know, before come on, now, the Irish. Like, yeah. It's it seems like to be a convenient. Yeah, exa exactly. The Irish. Right. Is, is, you know, that's one. And Jews might be another. And, and so it's like, OK, now when it's convenient, we've grouped them all together as whitey. Right. And so now we can, you know, and, and we're treating them as a majority when really it's like, OK, well, again, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Because I think because we're all different in some way, shape or form. We're not, you know, even, you know, the, uh, you know, we, we have different, uh, you know, different backgrounds and different, you know, different, uh, genetics and different, all kinds of things. And, and yet when it's convenient, they want to loop us all, lump us all together and say that we're the same. And, and that's not the case at all. And that just goes, flies against the, uh, you know, it flies against logic. And yeah, we all, I think we all make the mistakes. Sometimes we look at it. We, 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 we want to put somebody in a, in a, in a, uh, what do you, we want, we want to categorize somebody. Right. And, and, and and to to make it easy to conceptualize and say okay this is probably how they think but it but it we, you know i think even even when we do it those of us who 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 know better know that that's that that's wrong right we can rec we can you know we can check our privilege and realize yeah that's probably not that, that i'm probably i'm making an assumption here that's probably false but um at least we're aware of it but i whereas you know some of the people that are doing that i don't think i think they're they lack the self-awareness to go oh my god i'm making i'm making this statement that uh you know that yeah that orange man bad right oh uh, by the way your orange man bad uh promo i love that um uh, and you are on the orange man bad network <laughs> it is it is and then fletcher did his really low one and of course dame jennifer bringing the the hotness to the to the same promo so all of them together work they that's building a network and i mean yeah, 
but as far as getting this to the bottom of this issue, it's like everybody deserves to have their voices heard, but they don't deserve to get their way. It's kind of like raising a kid. I mean, sure, you want to listen to what they're saying, but you don't always let the kid do what they want. Oh, well, exactly. And, and and yeah, we've got a bunch of people that uh, that that have always gotten their way and all and, and, and they get very violent when all of a sudden they're not getting their way. You mean like and petulant so, I mean, children, I, I, maybe? Yeah, exactly. Which it sounds like some of these uh, protesters that are out that are out there that are that have been over socialized and, and yeah, we've we've given all participation trophies and patted them on the head and told them they were good kids and and yeah, and so when and when they're suddenly told that they're not good kids and they're going to violently react to what do you expect? Yeah, when they find out they actually have to compete, but uh, I mean, I, I have one more story. We may run a little bit long. I mean, Bemrose by this point would have had to have uh, two or three bathroom breaks, but. When it comes down to a lot of these problems, I think a lot of it is in the educational system. The everybody gets a trophy that you don't want to admit that to live in this world, you are going to have to compete, even though everybody tries to make it like, hey, no, we can all be equal. This is all going to be fine. You don't need to put the work in, if you will. You know, I always go back to not everybody gets to sleep with Adriana Lima. That's just there's. There's only a certain amount of supply, and no matter what, you're going to have to compete for something. But the New York Times announced on Thursday, yesterday, that it's releasing a brand new podcast series titled Nice White Parents. And it's about, according to Breitbart, and granted, they may be biased, so we'll see what it really is, but about how white parents are preventing black and brown children from succeeding in public schools it's set to begin july 30th it says according to the times nice white parents says quote about the 60-year relationship between white parents and the public school down the block and the premise reportedly is that government schools are failing quote black and brown kids due to powerful white parents so i mean come on can we stoke the race flames a little more Oh, why? Well, I I think the issue with the with the schools and and this is uh you know my wife has been uh volunteering in the schools for uh for many years. So this is this is this is how you how you keep an eye on what your kids are doing and and the and the bullshit that they're being uh, being taught, right? So uh so and 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 what I've noticed over the years and this is and I I have not uh volunteered and participated nearly as much as my wife has done. Uh, but uh, but what I what I've observed is that over the years that the parental participation in the school has deteriorated. And it seems like the, that the school system is doing what they can to push the parents out. Right. So they're, they're, they're making it very difficult for the parents to actually uh, participate. And, and oh, by the way, this is uh, in, 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 you know, when you talk about, you know, things that are changing with COVID-19 um, and this, and this is something I have to work on for my, uh, for my wife in the next week is so, um, I have to build a new website uh, for the for for the for the program that she's involved in right now. And uh, what it uh, in, in this, I think what it, what it is is that it's they're not, they're not allowing the, the the volunteers on campus because of COVID nineteen. And I feel you know there's there's a part of me that goes okay I can I, I you know again in the context of you know trying to limit the number of you know the number of people that are potentially exposed to, to you know and and the way this stuff spreads I kind of get that but on the other hand there's the there's the crackpot part of me that goes yeah they just want the parents out of the school right so we can indoctrinate the the, the children in peace and quiet because if there's a few if there's a few people there that you know a few parents that are that feel passionate enough to be able to to want to go and volunteer at the school they're going to pay attention when the school starts doing crazy crap right and it's and so 
I feel I feel like that what what's the problem with the schools is is not you know it, it's it's the fact that their parents are being pushed out and not being involved and in, in you know part of it is apathy on the parents part but part of it is the school saying for the for the few parents that are there get out and that's a, I feel like that that's a that's that's the real issue so it's not it's not you know it's not white parents necessarily I think it I think it's the I think it's the state saying yeah parents get away get away while we indoctrinate your children. Well, yeah, and I don't understand how white parents are at fault when these city schools in Chicago that are a vast majority black. How are the white parents ruining this? How is this not the teachers unions and just a total lack of wanting to do the job at fault here? Because I don't understand how you're going to blame the parents. But again, this is, I guess, as always, let's divide. Oh, the people want to say it's us, the teachers. Well, no, 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 it's the parents. It's like let's another case of. Let's set up battle lines rather than actually trying to figure out a solution for this system, which is to somehow convince these people that they should be sending their kids to school and school is important. And I mean, I know it went right over Ryan's head, but I mentioned something that Scott Adams had tweeted a couple of weeks ago, which was how many people who had a B or better average in high school have been hassled by the police. And yeah, it's a valid point. Probably not that many, you know, it's probably way, way less than if you had a D or, you know, you dropped out. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's the case. And is is that a racist thing to say? Probably. I'm sure I'm sure somebody would 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 find some fault in that. I mean, you can Um, say it is, but it's more to do with economics and it's more to do not with race as much as culture, which is. The uh, Bill O'Reilly also did a thing. I I have to pull the stats out, I have to find them because he was talking about minorities performing and doing well in the United States. And, you know, the whitey wasn't doing the best. There was some, you know, people out of there was Asian uh, some and there was some from um, I I forget the countries, but there was, uh, you know, something like from India. There was some part of India that if you came here, Kenyan, I think as well, was like way better than white normal white suburban in america if you came from kenya and it's like hey you're better off because you you were taking advantage of these systems and it has nothing to do with skin color it all came down to the culture and doing the work to better yourself working your ass off that's the bottom line i mean that's it shouldn't be hard to figure out but you want to ask yourself why you have somebody like barack obama who was president, you know, for eight years and he's what, like 50 something years old now. I don't think he's hit 60 yet. And you can compare him to a whole lot of other black guys his age that never made anything of themselves that are still, you know, making minimum wage. Why are they different? Their skin color is the same. So yeah, it's it's effort. Right. And and, and yeah, there might be some. Di- so. Yeah, whether you're, uh, you know, regardless of your uh, your genetics or or uh, or which which inc- which, by the way, includes race uh, or, or how or how you identify, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, it still comes down to work, right? And effort. And, and by the way, that's 80 percent of it right there. It's it's effort. And uh, if you put in the effort, then you uh, then you can succeed. Now, you, in some cases, you might have to put a little bit more effort in than others. And and, and I and, and I recognize that. That's so. But um you know, I think, you know, the opportunities are there. And if you put you put the you put the time and energy in. Yeah, you can you can be successful. And yeah, and certainly certainly Barack Obama approved that or approved that. And and and, and yeah, I think even in any sort of endeavor, if you put the effort, if you put the effort in, that's that's going to get you a lot of the way there. And, it's, you know, 
whether you did the right things or not might be might be a a, a, a topic for discussion. But the, but if you put the if you put a consistent persistent effort in, then then you're going to go a lot farther than than that. And and some people have to put in more effort than others because they're you know they're not they're not as uh they're they're not as gifted or in in one way or another, right? So, but uh, you know. I, you know, there are some people that can be fairly, you know, be very successful just putting the effort, you know, just putting the effort in and maybe not being the smartest, uh, you know, they're the sharpest tool in the shed, as they say. But uh, I think it, uh, yeah, the, but that is something that definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what we've, we've proven. But uh, yeah, we can't do that. Right. We have to we have to make it uh, make everybody the same. And, you know, but human right. nature, so you get the handout. Yeah. Yeah. So human, human nature is such that we all, we all want to achieve more, right? This is, this is something, you know, and professor Ted s- says this, right? Is that, yeah, we, you know, we, we're all, you know, we're all looking to increase our, you know, to our, our power to an extent, right? It's not necessarily at the expense of somebody else, but to be, to, to have more influence. And th- this is, this is human nature. Uh, so to create a political system or, a, you know, that, that tries to deny that I think is also, ulti- it's ultimately going to fail. And guess what? The communist socialist system has failed everywhere that is, uh, um, you know, has been tried because it, and it denies human nature. Yes. And that's why that's why it fails. It's not it's not that it's not that you haven't communism hard enough. It's that it's it's a dumb fucking system. It is. And the people, even the people that believe in it don't understand it, because if I can quote from somebody who is buying all into this stuff, which would be the great liberal philosopher Bruce Springsteen from the song Badlands. Poor man want to be rich, rich man want to be king, and a king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. But yet, he they believe in Marxism. That's like, do you not you you just what you just said there in the song? See, that makes sense because that's the reality. What you're asking for is for people to go against their human nature, and I don't think we're ever going to beat human nature out of the humans. Yeah. So Sir Bemrose has pointed out that I've only dropped one F bomb. He, he obviously missed the a few times I mentioned Jay fucking Inslee by yes. name. Yes, uh, he did. I got called out earlier because I didn't say Jay fucking Inslee before. But uh, so while uh, he is out yeah. glamping, but he'll be back on Monday for another fun and exciting edition of Grumpy Old Ben's. And uh, then Wednesday, a special Grumpy Old Ben's swap cast, they like to call it, with the guys over at Grimerica and then a Friday grumpy old Ben. So next week is going to be chock full of grumpy old Ben's. But I think you held up pretty well to the to the Bemrose level. I mean, you tell you what you traded in some of the profanity for articulate this, uh, opinions. No, oh, there you go. Well, I, I do my best. I, I'm, I'm a little less unhinged, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you we gotta wait to see what Bemrose says. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to you would have to definitely work that. But we do have some people to thank for this show. Um, number one is a make good, which is our buddy D uh, E Medias. I think that's how you say his last name. He's the guy that does the podcast with his daughter, the Fun Fact Friday, and he joined up with us over on Patreon, which is we don't post anything to Patreon. It's just there, like PayPal, as a way to collect money. We haven't used it at this point to provide one extra bit of content. It's just another way if you want to do a set it and forget it thing, you can. And his note was just to keep up the good work, nerds. So I figured that is more for Bemrose uh, than me. But we're glad he's enjoying the show. And we're definitely digging the fun fact Friday that he's doing with his daughter, Layla. And I know he has another um, Medias pod that he does. I have to still have to check that one out as well. But thank you, D.E., for supporting the Grumpy Old Benz. You are now an expert, as are two other guys. Harry Hamster and John Fletcher, 
names you've heard about a thousand times already, even though we're only at episode 79 here on Grumpy Old Ben's. And we appreciate them sending the value for value our way. We work on that system because we learned it from the Podfather that if you want to succeed in this whole podcasting thing, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. But I do believe his system is the best, which is give the product away for free and then ask people what kind of value they found from it. And I mean, it might take you a thousand episodes before somebody finally kicks it. It's been interesting with No Agenda as long as they've gone into their run now, you know, really well over a thousand episodes where every now and then you get somebody coming in at like a thousand dollars. I mean, there was one like three thousand dollar donation that's like, yeah, I've been listening for years, but just never had the ability to or the inclination to send anything your way until now. And when they do, it's like, oh, crap, I've been listening. I've listened to a thousand episodes. What's that worth to me? Well, about three bucks a pop. Well, that's a lot. So rather than forcing people to pay up front, this is the more honest way to go. You put the material out there. And if you like what you're hearing, go over to grumpyoldbends.com. That's where you can subscribe to the show. You can find all the links there. And that's where you can donate via the PayPal, via Patreon, via a QR code for Bitcoin and a physical address if you actually want to send cash or your children to us in the mail whatever it all works out phone boy yeah it does and 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 honestly i think the only way you can say what you think is to uh is to not have corporate overlords meaning having having sponsorship advertising call it whatever you'd like but uh you yeah I, i think the only way that you can actually uh have an honest discussion is to take the money out of it and, 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 you know, or at least the corporate money out of it and, uh, and get it from, uh, you know, the, the, those who've given value too. So hopefully, uh, those of you who have found some value in this, uh, in, in this, uh, conversation that we've had uh, for a little over two hours and, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, what was it worth to you? Go ahead and, uh, throw some of that value back into the, to the kitty. And so it can continue to happen. So, cause, cause, yeah, you know, we, we've, we, you know, we've got some time, but all of this stuff causes all of this stuff costs a little bit of money. It's not nearly as bad as it used to be. I think that's, you know, that is one of the democratization things that have happened as a result of, you know, all the technology that we have is that, yeah, anybody can do a podcast and you don't even have to have, you know, you don't have to have a, a certain level of audience for it to even make sense to do is a, a, do you enjoy doing it? Can you afford the, the cost of it? And, or can you recover the cost of it? And that's really all you need to be able to do. And it's, and so, um yeah so you know i I love that we're that we have this uh this family of podcasts really that uh we're we're you know we all kind of we all kind of uh go around to each other's shows and and you know and promote it and and it's 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 good fun right it's it's a good it's a and yeah we get to have these great conversations that that you couldn't have on the mainstream media because uh well because brand safety because cancel culture because all of the all of the things that we uh that we touched on here in the last two hours right because they would piss somebody off that is that's the greatest thing is Everybody can do a podcast. And the horrible thing is everybody can do a podcast. So, I mean, there's there's both of those. But where can they find more phone boy out on the interwebs? Uh, just type phone boy into your favorite search <laughs> engine. You can find me. It's, I've been I've, I've had the name for so long. See, that's um, sad, though, isn't it? Isn't that a little scary also? Yeah, it is. I, because, yeah, because the, the name goes back to 1996. And I don't remember if I said this the last time I was on, but uh yeah, I was a call screener on a radio program about the internet back in 1996, and the, the host forgot my name. He called me the phone boys, and the boy who answers the phones, and they, I registered phoneboy.com, and the rest is history. <laughs> so you leaned into somebody not knowing your name. See, now that's the way to take a negative and make it into a positive. That's right. And uh, yeah, and so it's, it's, it's served me well, uh, both professionally and, 
and personally. So yeah, I just, I've just, I've just kind of leaned into it and that's, yeah, that's a, you know, that's, you take a negative and turn it into a positive. It's all, it's, you know, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you, uh, you react to it. I think that's a, uh, you know, that's, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a good way to look at stuff. It absolutely is. And thank you for joining us here today and being Bemrose for a little over two hours. I mean, how does that feel? Do you get in the shakes yet? Uh, no, I, I, I don't have to pee. I think as I say, uh, you know, Ryan would have to have had to pee like three times in the last two hours. I drank, I, I drank, a you know, I drink a, a pot of coffee here and it, it, uh, yeah, I'm like, all right, I can go another couple hours, but I think <laughs> but yeah, you need I, to, uh, to send Ryan the trick to bladder control. Maybe it's just better diet, healthier living Ryan, uh, and, and then get off the alcohol, uh, any, all these good things he should be doing. Yeah, well, yeah, it's uh, yeah, don't yeah, don't don't eat all the crap food is the basic uh, message right there. See, now you're ruining his fun. I hope he's having fun glamping. He'll be back on Monday. But with that said, until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where there may be a war going on outside. But, you know, I've got air conditioning and steak. And from America's left coast, where I don't drop enough f bombs as as uh, Sir Ryan Bemrose, but uh, <laughs> there's pl- but there's plenty of governors here that on the left coast that have fucking as the middle name. I'm Phone Boy. They all should. Thanks, Phone Boy. Uh-huh.